the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Dave Ellswick Show on a beautiful and balmy Tuesday afternoon in my hometown, Little Rock, Arkansas. And yes, you guessed it, Dave's not here. But fear not, Dave will arrive before the afternoon is out. Carl Kimball from Chanel Insurance, Dave's old buddy, sitting in for him for about an hour and a half or so to give him time to get some important personal business taken care of, and we're expecting him somewhere in the 330 range. So don't give up. Please hang around. And not only do you have Carl for what he's worth, but we're very fortunate to have at least part of the power panel here. we got Paul Calvert, noted raconteur, real estate magnet, <laughs> libertarian thinker, and radio personality. Hiya, Paul. Hey. Understand you were in court today. I hope you. I hope you got off with time served. <laughs> Actually, it wasn't for me. It was for a buddy of mine. But I, I was just kind of going as moral support, and um, I, I was kind of appalled at some of the rulings that I saw. One of them was a guy who got. Over a $900 fine for less than a gram of marijuana. Yikes. That's insane. Too bad it wasn't medical. I guess. Oh, that's right. We can't get medical. That was on page one of the paper today. Almost two years after the people of Arkansas voted to make medical marijuana legal, you can't grow one single bud in this state for those poor, poor folks whose lives might be alleviated by it. And the guy right after him was even worse. Oh. This Listen, guy, all that good money they used to bribe that to get it to happen, and it went away so far. <laughs> let's also welcome to the show R.D. Hopper, Hopper, regular uh, power panel member on Dave Ellswick's Friday, uh, Tuesday afternoon show. And we're glad to have you with us, R.D. Glad to be here, Carl. Yep. So the next guy who came, in, who came up right after this guy, he had gotten a ticket for a seatbelt violation. Ooh. And... Before it was all said and done, he spent over 20 days in jail. For a seatbelt violation? Yes. Well, it was a failure to appear and whatever. So it, it you started off with a, with a government-imposed um, um, rule to wear a seatbelt that never should have been in the law in the first place. And then that, that, that um, snowballed into this guy's life. Because, because of missed court dates and yes. so forth. Huh? Yes. And so this this guy – So the guy didn't spend jail for not having his seatbelt right. buckled. It was, it, He's – Spent time in jail for defying the authority of the judge. So, something of that nature. Or maybe he couldn't show up to court. I don't know. There's yeah. a, there's another kid that was there that did not have a driver's license. He got caught driving without a driver's license. And Throw it, the book at him. Well, the problem was he he, he didn't he had a couple of failure to appears as well, but he couldn't drive to court. He <laughs> lived he probably lived fifty miles away, and so how does he show up? And he was a, he was a minor. He was seventeen years old, I think. Well, you know, his parents certainly don't seem to have taken a very active role in teaching the young man <laughs> the responsibilities that he owes to society to show up when the judge says show up. Uh, something, like but, yeah. You, and so it was kind of an interesting morning. Like cutting <laughs> extra half an inch off the shotgun, so uh, they uh, end up interrogating your, or surrounding your house and shooting half your family. 
Yeah, well, there's been a lot of that <laughs> gone on over the years there. Uh, but you should you know, have just, and, you, and, and, they and should we, have just obeyed the government when they when they gave the unlawful order. Huh? Of course, it was entrapment. If we have enough time, we can talk about Ruby Ridge and Waco <laughs> and all kinds of things. But why don't we start out talking about the news of the day? Because right here on the front page of the Democrat and on the radio waves of any channel you might be listening to, Probe of FBI leaks. Comey memos persists. That sounds like bad English to me, but that's the way they wrote the. That's the way they wrote the headline. But it's about this ever emerging story about what was going on in the FBI during the 2016 presidential election. Now, I know I'm a little older than you guys, and so if you just forgive me nostalgically <laughs> looking back on the days of my youth, I, I remember who I used to think. I used to long ago think would be the worst president I'd ever see in my lifetime, Richard Nixon. Mm. And in 1972, his attorney general, who was also the campaign chairman of Committee to Reelect the President, also known by its acronym CREEP, appropriately <laughs> enough. And uh, the, the attorney general, who was the chairman of CREEP, hired some thugs to break into the Democratic National Headquarters to try and get some dirt on the Democratic candidate. And Nixon didn't know about it, at least at the time, but when he found out that the thugs had been captured red-handed in the process of breaking into Democratic National Headquarters, when Nixon found out about it, and if you'll forgive the expression, truly Nixonian fashion, he covered it up oh. or tried to cover it up. And, you know, that's where the saying comes up, cover-up's worse than the crime. <laughs> uh, crime was just little minor crap. And Nixon wasn't even involved. But, man, his covering it up resulted in the him getting threatened with impeachment <clears throat> and forced to resign. And the Republicans were crushed in the next three election <laughs> cycles. Absent 74, 76, 78 the Republicans were absolutely crushed in three successive election cycles out of disgust by the American people that an American political party, much less an American president, could be involved in trying to use the instruments of power to change an American election that through, in, in this case, it was thuggishness. But the thuggishness now is no longer and people that are hired by the attorney general outside the government structure, now the thuggishness seems to come from the attorney general's duly employed, taxpayer-paid, taxpayer-pension-provided employees of the FBI. And mm -hmm. I know there are a lot of people say, oh, but the FBI is a wonderful organization. <laughs> it's full of good people. Well, you know, that may or may not be true. I'll, 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 just, I'll just accept for argument's sake that it is. But they say, a, they, they say a fish rots from the head, <laughs> and the head of the FBI, and I don't just mean the one guy in charge, but the whole superstructure of top uh, employees in the FBI were rotten to the core in ways that undermine our democracy, in ways that are so serious, I can't believe it's not the top page headline every day. How can this go unpunished? Peter Strzok is still employed by the FBI. He's still earning a pension from you. 
Yes, and many of those people were put in there by the Clinton administration all the way back to Bill Clinton, oh, if you look Lord. at some of the lead one of them. And I don't know why Donald Trump didn't clean house more whenever he came in well, on day one. I, I think firing Comey may have been one of the best things that he right, did. Right, he should have done but it probably, the first day there. But sadly, I think he should have gotten rid of Rosenstein and, and what was the guy that was that was kicked out just for his pension kicked in, McCabe, right. and the whole rotten bunch there. Because it you had been day one. And, and, and it's it's not at this point like you can say, well, that's just speculation, because we have it now confirmed. And in spite of any any whitewashing or oh, we don't have any proof of of, of intent, you know that's how that's how Comey exonerated Hillary. So, well, we have no proof that she intended to do anything wrong. Yeah, she just probably accidentally destroyed all that evidence and never intended to to break the law by oh, sending no. all those classified emails on an unsecured server. She didn't intend to. Well, you know, I'm sure that Martha Stewart didn't think that you know she was breaking the law either. She was just you know trying to. Just, just do, doing. She was business. just trying. She was just trying to make a fast buck. Just, doing, just business. doing business like any other congressman. Yeah. Just like <laughs> yeah, doing doing the same things that Nancy Pelosi did mm-hmm. to get rich. But of course, she's exempt. But but to me, this is the most serious political scandal. Not just since Watergate. This may be the most sensationally outrageous government scandal since the XYZ scandal. And that goes back to the John Adams administration. I mean, I am seriously fraught about this because you had the FBI taking sides in an election, working behind the scenes while pretending to be this pristine law enforcement agency just working in in behalf of justice. You know, I I wonder maybe if there's not much not very much outcry because this sort of thing is actually becoming almost mainstream. I go to the Capitol and I see all kinds of government-funded lobbyists advocating <coughs> for um, for legislation, or, or and many times advocating against our rights. Yeah, and how, how is that any different uh, 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 than the than municipal league? Perhaps being the, one the of the le- ones the mis- to which municipal you refer? league is one of them. The state Arkansas State Police, mm-hmm. last, the last association the, of counties, don't leave them out. <laughs> yeah. And so, so you have these different. <laughs> Basically, taxpayer-funded organizations that are that are lobbying or advocating for or against legislation. This is how is this different than the FBI electioneering? Well, I, you know, I don't want to belittle in the least what, that you guys are talking about because surely those are serious problems when taxpayer-funded agencies use taxpayer funds to lobby the legislature to make them bigger and more powerful (laughs) and take even more money away from us. Mm -hmm. I don't want to denigrate at all the importance of what you're saying that. But this, to me, uh, far exceeds even that because we're talking about the outcome of an election, not just an election, but an election for president where you had the machinery of government thrown into exonerating one candidate who it seems to me most obviously and blatantly broke many serious laws and was completely whitewashed. Her minions who who destroyed evidence at her Mm. behest were given immunity. Mm. Uh, the decision to make, to clear was made before all the interviews were even done. It was a whitewash from go that they were going to let her go no matter how bad it was. And at the same time, they're determined to stop Trump from becoming president. And then when he wins anyway, then it becomes we're going to end his presidency mm-hmm. and do anything we can to destroy his presidency and try to get him kicked out of office. Now, you know, I used to 
Back in back in those old days when I was a young hippie who voted for George McGovern, I used to hate Richard Nixon for using the IRS against his political enemies. But at least Richard Nixon only used the IRS against his political enemies. Barack Obama used the IRS against every conservative in America that wanted to organize to try and stop the fundamental changing of America forever into a socialist dictatorship. They, Every conservative, every Republican, every patriot who wanted to be actively involved in politics was the enemy of the IRS under Barack Obama. That's already been established. And now it's already been established, too, that not only was the IRS under Barack Obama, but the FBI under Barack Obama was being used to try and protect criminal wrongdoing by Democrats and crush Republicans by any means possible, even if it meant making up fake crimes to accuse them of. This whole Mueller investigation was kicked off based on lies that were set in motion by the Hillary Clinton campaign and abetted by the FBI. Mm-hmm. So, so why aren't why do the American people don't why do they don't why don't they care about it? Why was why was Nixon, Nixon skewered for it? He was and destroyed. People, why, people why have was, became numb. People have became it, numb to all this stuff. You know. I'm not surprised. I don't know if you guys are surprised that all this stuff is coming out. But, you know, I've been to Washington a few times, and I've sat on a few boards at the Department of Justice or a board at the Department of Justice uh, a few years. And, you know, they were over a system that they had 12% compliance. So there was a federal law that has to do with uh, automobiles or registering automobiles from cradle to grave after they're wrecked to make sure that the public knows if they're driving a, a car that may not have been fixed properly or not, like Takata airbags that's came to light here lately. Yep. Yep. So so the federal government had been sued, so they come up with an NVIDIA system that tracks total lost cars from cradle to grave, is what, it's what it, it says. So they have a, had cars like that. Right. So they have a 12%. I'm sitting on a board it's supposed to be overseeing a system that has a 12% compliance rate, 12%. It makes me feel unlucky. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so I go up there on the board and I say, hey, you know, we can fix this real easy. You've got a five-car exemption that uh, about 12 million cars a year are going through a five-car exemption rule. So if we eliminate the five-car exemption rule and everybody has to comply, it'll close the gate. That the uh, that the eighty eight percent of the so eighty eight percent of the wrecked cars being fixed up and sold were done by guys doing less than five a year. Exactly, I bought yeah. a couple of yeah, those. Yeah, about ten million. You know, and they were decent cars, but they had no resale value to speak of. <laughs> right. So ten million. Hey, you can get a, a good car that way if it's fixed right. If but, yeah, right. So yeah. you so. So I've sat there and asked my first question, the same thing you said. Do you think people doing five cars or less are doing 10 million cars a year? And they, they looked at me like, yeah, and I said, uh, they just looked. And I said, well, all the, all your time spent going after the 12% of the people report. So if you have a reporting number and you're reporting, the California State Police uh, chief was sitting there, and he wanted a list of everybody's reporting so he could go check them to see if they missed any of them. So they were going after the 12% of people that are doing it right to catch them doing something wrong, yeah. and they've got a gate here that the 88% is going through 
So right. uh, all for a system they never should have. So, so never anyway, we're going to have to long. put a temporary halt to this fascinating sure. discussion so we can take an important break to pay the bills. We'll be right back with Paul Calvert and R.D. Hopper in just a minute. And you're back with the Dave Ellswick Show. Dave's not here, but we're expecting him in about an hour, so fear not. He'll be here soon. And in the meantime, you've got Carl Kimball from Chanel Insurance. R.D. Hopper from, tell us the name of your business, R.D. Sonny's Auto. Sonny's Auto, of course. And Paul Calvert, I don't know if you've got a name of your business. You just have all kinds of mysterious holdings, yeah, well, right? I'm primarily a, a real estate investor, and so I, but I do a few other things as well. I do, I've got a, um, a, a, a bunch of a bunch of stuff that I do from, from little, I do some research and development on my own. Yeah, and, and that's the things. ticket. Well, he has consulting firms. Well, I don't get paid for it, though. <laughs> but all three, all, all three of us have taken a very strong interest in uh, current events because you got yeah. to to protect yourself because there's so much governments have to get you. Now, I, you, you were starting to get wound up, and I cut you off at the well, break a little bit. Go ahead and finish the thought you were on our I day. was just saying, you know, I was involved in the government program with a 12% efficiency. There was absolutely no interest in increasing the efficiency because it would cost the insurance companies money if everybody had to abide by the law. So the law became quite evident that the, there would never be any improvement in the law because the insurance companies had a financial interest to make sure that the law didn't improve for 12%. So. Yeah, but here's here's my takeaway from the news of the day is that uh, James Comey and the FBI have proved that the law does not apply if you're one of the beautiful people. Now, you or I may go to jail if we break the law, but if you're one of the beautiful people, apparently you do not. Uh, and I still can't see why this the, there aren't masses with pitchforks in the streets demanding the entire uh, gutting of the leadership of the FBI right now. Uh, here's a, a little poll quote from a today's uh, article on page one of the uh, Democrat Gazette about this. It says, Horowitz, that's the inspector general of the FBI, Horowitz conceded bias might have affected one FBI agent's decision to prioritize the Russia case over the Clinton email probe and called out as troubling a text exchange in which the agent told an FBI lawyer, we'll stop Trump from becoming president. Now, that they, they kind of toned that down there. The agent they're talking about, this is the Peter Strzok that I was decrying, still drawing a paycheck and a pension on you and I right now, even as we speak, although I think he's probably going to be in somewhat trouble before all the dust settles. But this guy was in charge of the Hillary investigation, and he was in charge of the of the Trump Russia investigation. Both one and look how he treated the witnesses in one. He gave him immunity. Hmm. He gave him immunity, and he and and then in the other one, he goes after Flynn, first guy that they got the conviction on, and and they're so proud of their of their convictions and their indictments and the Mueller investigation. One of the only I'm trying to think. I think they've got like what, three convictions so far, and they're real low-level guys. That their, their biggest fish is, is a guy that was a consultant for Trump that they've got for doing illegal stuff in regards to the Ukraine back two years before he ever got involved with Trump. So mm -hmm. that, you know, 
is kind of fishy to me that that that's even part of the deal. But was, there, was he it, was, it, was he buying booze or something like that? Yeah, and, no, and, forget, well, and he didn't pay taxes on it. Well, Paul Manafort, who was a consultant for a brief period of the Trump campaign, about two years before he got into the Trump campaign, was involved in uh, improper. Uh, improper funding of political campaigns in the Ukraine in 2014. Hmm. And now this has absolutely nothing to do with Trump, but, you know, there you go. That's an excuse for why they're going after. So they got him. They got a real low-level guy that they got drunk and, and managed to get to blab some information that they'd fed to him. Hmm. And, and, and then they've got poor old Mike Flynn, who this guy Peter Strock, who's unnamed in the paragraph I just read you, but that's who they're talking about. Strock, the guy who told his FBI lawyer lover that we'll stop Trump. Don't hmm. worry, we have an insurance policy. He told her in another email. Hmm. There we go. Interesting. I mean, this guy is the same one that has been involved with. Thank you, and welcome back to the Dave Ellswick Show. Holding the fort here till Dave gets back shortly. Carl Kimball, Paul Calvert, Artie Hopper. Uh, we've been talking about the biggest news of the day, the fact that the FBI, Federal Bureau of Investigation, has been used as a political tool, and, and it's proven now, and we have the evidence now of high-ranking members of the FBI not only going soft on crimes committed by Hillary, but saying that we'll stop Trump from mm. being president. We'll don't worry about it. We have an insurance plan. Abuse of power. The whole Mueller investigation is an abuse of power. Now, if the Russians really were meddling in our election, which their meddling was, I think, pretty insignificant. It, 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 it was undisputable but insignificant. And, and Barack Obama himself, when he thought Hillary was going to win, Barack Obama himself was saying, oh, it's a, they can't do anything to hack our elections. But it was way too big, way too diversified. No way that they can do it. Uh, so what you're saying is that the Russians may have may have intervened a little bit, but maybe the FBI did a whole but lot more. They didn't fix any voting machines or anything no, but, like that. No, they were just on, putting on out some face, propaganda. On Facebook yeah. ads, yeah, they spent on Facebook ads, Russian trolls pretending to be Americans, spent somewhere on the order of one-tenth of one percent of what the Hillary campaign spent in a month. <laughs> and, and, yeah, that might have had some small effect on it. But I don't think it was enough that it really mattered. The, the whole thing is something that was started by this dossier. The dossier was an invention of a guy hired by Hillary Clinton and the Democratic National Committee. It was a completely unverified, nothing in it was true. They, they did say, well, oh, it was true that, that uh, Carter Page was in in Moscow on the dates they said he was in Moscow. That's the only thing in it that they were able to verify. Everything else in it was just pure unadulterated so, lies. Based on a true story. Yeah, based on based on something that we made up because we didn't <laughs> like the way the last election turned out. Yeah. Now this is this is my big complaint about politics today. If Democrats win an election they take it as a mandate to fundamentally change America forever. And they set out to fundamentally change it forever by doing things that, that the three of us hate, by increasing the size of government, decreasing our personal space, and the amount of our own personal 
uh, earnings that we're able to spend on ourselves and our families, everything that, that goes against the grain of what we as, as Americans were raised to want to see in America. It, it's and, a and re- mandate. And Republicans want to do it more slowly. And all they got to <laughs> do, the, the, do is win one election, one time. And, man, it's, it's kind of like the one man, one vote, one time that the Arab countries get. You know, if they win an election, fundamentally change America forever. But if they lose an election, oh, my God, this is a travesty against nature. It can't possibly be allowed to stand. Everything possible must be done with no limits to be able to undo this horrible, horrible tragedy that that some of Barack Obama's ill-fated and ill-found policies might be reversed. So, you know, we end up spending the entire time of a Republican presidency Instead of trying to do the things he was elected to do and instead of trying to improve the country and move the country forward in various – so we spend spend half or more of the time defending against these completely made-up calumnies like the ones that the Mueller investigation was launched on. And, of course, it was the perfidious, dishonest, and corrupt James Comey who, when he was fired – had his buddy leak something to the New York Times that resulted in the Mueller investigation getting started in the first place. So the whole thing hinges on this lion piece of garbage that used to be the FBI director and who has turned what used to be one of the most respected and feared and and considered upright uh, parts of the entire federal government that has now been shown to be rotten, corrupt, and part of trying to change the electoral process against those who believe in the Constitution, those who believe in capitalism, those who believe in the founding principles of this country, and to swing the election to someone that believes in Saul Alinsky's philosophy and Karl Marx's. So how did, how did they get to this point? How, has the FBI been squeaky clean for years, or have they been corrupt for years? How did they get to the point— where, where people were able to use them in this manner? Well, I think that Comey was around in uh, the John Ashcroft days when John Ashcroft was the attorney general. If I'm not mistaken, Comey is one of the ones that went to his hospital bed while he was recovering from surgery to try and get him to sign off on something. I'm trying to remember the mm-hmm. details now. It yeah. was something you wouldn't have liked him signing <laughs> off on, Paul. Well, but, I, but yeah, Comey's been there for a while, so this is not a this is not an entirely new development. Yeah, and so, so it, it seems to me that we've got way too much government. Government, Amen. it's Amen. it's way out of control, and and I think that perhaps what, what we're seeing is we, we've been we've given government way too much power, and maybe it's kind of gone to their head a little bit. <laughs> And 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 so, guess what happens when people get too much power and they've been basically been given a mandate to abuse people's rights through so many of the different laws that are on the books. Maybe they get used to it, and and you know we're gonna we're gonna gain a little more power, perhaps. And yeah, it, and, and, and that's the direction that socialism always go into growing bigger and that's bigger right. and bigger, and then eventually you get what they have in Venezuela, where they're eating the zoo animals and not having toilet paper. But uh, do you, are either one of you guys familiar at all with a guy named Richard Pipes? I don't guess so. A writer and thinker and uh, an expert on the Soviet Union 
and on communism. I, I know that Dave would be familiar with Richard mm-hmm. Pipes. He passed away last month, about four weeks ago, Richard okay. Pipes passed. And uh, he was a scholar and a thinker. He, he'd been born in Poland. He was of Jewish descent, born in Poland. Wow. Barely he's escaped, to be alive. He escaped in 1939. He saw Hitler in the streets of Poland after it was – in the streets of Warsaw after wow. Poland was captured. Mm. Wow. And he, he got away, and he came to the United States, and he spent 40 years as a Harvard professor specializing in Russia and communism. Mm. Now, he didn't specialize in communism because he liked it. Mm. This is just – this is a little pull quote from the uh, – Let's see, this is the June 11 issue of a National Review where uh, Jay Nordlinger is talking about him. And he quotes from Pipe's autobiography. He says, I felt and feel to this day that I have been spared not to waste my life on self-indulgence or self-aggrandizement, but to spread a moral message by showing, using examples from history, how evil ideas lead to evil consequences, unquote. That's my kind of historian right there. Yeah, well, I, I think that that kind of is, is, is the problem with so many different things. There's a lot of things that sound like a good idea. Exactly. But, but in order to enforce these good ideas, quote, unquote, you have to use violence. You have to use force. And sometimes th- there's great ideas out there, but when you actually start using force upon people to enforce them, You've become the, the bad person. Your, your idea is no longer good anymore because you're actually committing crimes against humanity to, to uphold them and, and to enforce oh, okay. that. And, and, that's, and speaking of crimes against humanity, that brings us to Bernie Sanders. Okay, <laughs> Bernie is the idol and hero of that half of today's young people who think that socialism is a mighty fine idea. Only half? Yeah, well, something like that. But, but they – want to give free health care to everybody, free health care for all. Well, you know, that's wonderful. Well, why not give us all free ice cream and cookies for breakfast? And puppies. Too? Yeah, and well, free puppies the, for everyone. Well, and ponies. We're, and, I mean, we're subsidizing 11 million people's health care right now. We're subsidizing 11 million people. And that's, and, uh, and that's and not Bernie Sanders. And we're getting close to – no, we're over $20 trillion in debt now, right. aren't we? Think, so is it, that's is it, not Bernie Sanders. And the Republicans have been in charge yeah, the for Republican, a while now, the and the number is not going down socialism. any. Yeah, I, I, can, I think I don't really see any signs that they don't like it. Well, the, that see this brings us to another one of my pet <laughs> uh, my pet beliefs here, and I wish that uh, our old buddy Tim Jacob, you know Tim Jacob, he's been here before. Tim Jacob, of course, is is one of my personal heroes because he got term limits in Arkansas in 1992. He was one of the top people responsible for that getting on the ballot. Mm -hmm. And, and of course, once on the ballot, people love it. And, of course, it's been messed with since in ways. But but term limits are the answer because – the longer a person is in government, the less well he serves us. You know, even that guy that was the poster child for corruption, Nick, what was his last name now? This has been 25 years ago, so I'm, I'm, I'm getting a little hazy in my mm. old age. But there was a there was a longtime senator by the name of Nick. Oh, man. Uh, uh, Dave's got a lot of cool listeners. Remember, who are, uh, one of Dave's listeners, call us at 823-0965. And help remind me the name of that old Nick that was the senator 
from uh, somewhere out in Arkansas that had a special office in the basement because he ran so many committees. He'd been there forever, <laughs> and he had all these special deals that he'd set up. Where he controlled a lot of the money, and people that wanted to get money when they got in the Senate, they had to go through him mm. if they wanted to get money. So how did, how, how do that we, guy may have been – Sounds familiar. So how, well, there, he's not the first guy to be like that down there. He, he was do, just one of the last ones before term limits came in and kicked him out. How do we get term limits on the bureaucrats? Well, that's a that's a rougher one because you're talking about people that are career people, and they're there for a pension. They're not elected. They're, they're, no, they're not. They're, they end up, so but I, they shouldn't have they shouldn't have decision making power below just the the, the bare administration well, of the laws what, and regulations they're in charge. Of. Whether or not they have officially have decision making power, I, I think sometimes you get a legislator in there who's green, and, and they'll go to one of the bureaucrats, and the bureaucrats will just tell them what to do. Well, well, one thing it does whenever some of the new guy comes in, he'll get called in an office and say, you know what? We realize that you were elected to represent the people in your district and you have some things you want to do. You know, we have some things that we need to get accomplished for the betterment of the state of Arkansas. So if we all work on the same team, you help us get our agenda passed, and then we're going to make sure that you get some bills passed and do some things that you came to the state to get done. If we all work together and get on the same team, then we're going to be able to do a lot of good things for the state of Arkansas. So here's the garbage can now, you, you put can, your principles in. <laughs> so you you can take that and break it down, but that it sounds all good and nice, but then you can say, what does that mean? That does That means if you vote the way we tell you to and pass all the bureaucracy that we want to pass, then we'll make sure that the bills that you want, we'll vote for them and they'll get through. But if you don't play ball with us, don't expect to get anything passed in the state of Arkansas. Uh, is this why Winston Churchill said that democracy was the worst form of government except for all the others? <laughs> Yes, I I don't know. It doesn't have to be that way, but people need to be aware of what's going on when people go down to the Capitol and they see how the system works and they see uh, who's being taken care of and who's not. And they see, as you know from studying history, you can't become powerful and rich unless you know how to enact change. If you don't have the power to enact change, then nobody's interested in making donations or getting anything done. But if you get enough power and a good enough system to enact change, like your guy Nick that you were talking about, if somebody needed somebody done, get something done, Nick was the guy to see. If Nick could get it done, then Mick, then he, he would knew benefit. where the bodies were buried. Yeah, he, he had, would do it. So it's he the was same on thing the right today. committees. So same thing today. If you know, if you get a group of people, they can get something done. If you need it done, whether it costs five hundred thousand dollars to get a bill passed, which we have a nephew. We were talking about nephews earlier, and uh, you were telling me the the but definition those, that, that there. Was, but those so were, we those got, were assault consulting fees, right? Right. Those were fees to get a bill passed, hmm. and everybody. Nick Wilson. Thank you very much. That was Nick Wilson was, from Pocahontas was the uh, senator whose name escaped my slightly senile old brain. Yeah, He was the last in a long, long line of power-wielding senators who did stuff behind the scenes that kept a lot of the the reins of power well, and control over government. Well, I have to disagree hands. with that. I don't think he was the last. He might have been he was one the of last, the last. He was the last before term limits. Before now, term limits. Now, of course, now that they've now that they've extended the term limits by somewhere around fifty percent, it's going to be an awful lot easier for them to. 
to yeah, develop more yeah. guys like Amendment that. Amendment 3 transparency. Yeah, that was a transparency <laughs> bill that did that. Gave oh, yeah. them a raise and extended their term limits. Yeah, if you yeah, read, the, just, read the oh, title well, and, of the and bill. That was, and that was also, and that was also <laughs> pushed as an ethics bill. In fact, the term limits <laughs> the term limits weren't really mentioned until, like, what, page 62 or something of the exactly amendment. Right. It was, like, on the bottom of it. But, but it was supposed to be for ethics. Now, now we've had a good example lately. You were talking about nepotism earlier <laughs> right, off air. Exactly. Uh, R.D., the <laughs> nepotism that, you know, or at least the nephews that are getting in trouble. I don't want to blame the governor for any of this. Oh, no, no. But doggone, his nephews uh, are, are in some deep kimchi right now over unethical things that have been done, but they may not be against the law, and we may not we may not have any indictments or prosecution or penalties to pay unless the unless the voters make them pay it. But uh, apparently, you know, if you're if you're the right kind of senator and you arrange your payoffs to be done in the right way, it's possible for you as a senator to get substantially paid under the table by people you're doing favors for in the legislature, and it's all perfectly legal. And it may but, not be but if you don't think you got to start out to start out with, you got to be a lawyer <laughs> or we have got, a consulting firm. Mm, mm. Yeah. Yeah, see, the people that aren't lawyers have established consulting firm. There's a loophole where you can ha- be a lawyer and charge somebody, I don't know, $50,000 an hour or, or charge them an exorbitant amount, or you can have a consulting firm, and the consulting firms don't have to disclose all the money that they get. Yeah, so, I, so you need to be a lawyer or have a consulting uh, firm. There's much the more we Arkansas. could say on this, but we need to pay <laughs> some bills. So. Right. We're going to take a short break on the Dave Ellswick Show and be right back. and. All right, we're back. So am I. <laughs> Good to be back. Yay, Dave. Hey, let me just say real quickly, I don't have to go see my cardiologist again for another year. I feel mm-hmm. good about that. Yay. I've lost 22 pounds since the last time I saw him a year ago. Jealous. Uh, blood pressure is perfect. EKG was perfect. So for all you liberals out there, right now it's <laughs> looking good for another year. All right. Just so everybody <laughs> knows that. I will tell you this, guys, though. You weren't here yesterday. Let me just tell you, yesterday was not a good day. I got one of those 24-hour bugs, went all the way through my family. Mm. My grandson came down with it Thursday. My daughter, his mom, came down with it Friday. Linda came down with it Saturday. And then um, uh, Justin, my son-in-law, came down with it on uh, Sunday. At 3 in the morning on Monday morning, it was my turn. Mm. Oh, no. It was not fun. Mm. It was one of, it was one of the, the, the two that it's called where I call it a two-bagger. It's where you're on the throne, and then mm. I've got the gallon and a half soup pot. Oh, uh, no. Sitting so on my it. lap. You got it coming out both ends. Yeah, bad. just let me say, I, uh. I didn't know I had that much water in my body, uh. that much liquid. And there was. And must have been enough that I could continue. Boy, I felt bad. I'll tell you that much. Today, fantastic. No problem. Rough way to lose weight. No problem. Yeah, that's a tough way to lose. That's a weight loss program you don't want to go through. (laughs) All right, let's get a break in, then we'll come back. Uh, You know, stick around just for a moment? Sure. All right, Carl will still be here. We'll be back in a moment. All right, we're back on the Dave Ellswick Show. I get it. Got to read this to you guys. This is from yesterday's. This is yesterday's. I got to look here. They give you the date. They don't give you. There's the date. Okay, I found the date. All right. So, a little tiny picture. 
on the front of the uh, Demgas today. Former State Senator Jake Files walks through the back parking lot gate Monday at the Judge Isaac C. Parker Federal Building in Fort Smith after being sentenced to 18 months in federal prison on wire fraud, bank fraud, and money laundering charges. Notice That's what's missing, joke. Dave? What's missing? Handcuffs. Yeah. This is after yeah. he was yeah, convicted and yeah. sentenced. No, sen- and they after sentence, yeah. And they let him walk out with no hand. Do you think that they'd let me walk no. out with no handcuffs? And that's what I want to bring up. <laughs> he get, by the way, he gets to remain free now until he reports to federal prison on August 2nd. Hmm. That's a pretty nice gig if you get it. Month, what, month and a half before you Can show you up to go to jail? If any of us was convicted on any one of those charges, wow. any one of those charges, if any of us was convicted, it would be 10 to 20. Wow. Yet, okay, yet, now, yet, yet this and they'd, and yet, they'd purple walk Paul out with handcuffs in front of the press. Not out, wow. Unless they brought him out the back. So wow. and If they got him on a seatbelt charge, they'd grab wow. him, him and say, He says, the guilt I feel, this file's talking. The guilt I feel is more than I can bear. I feel it every day. He arrived in court clean-shaven. He had sported a full beard at his January 29th plea hearing, wearing a dark suit while accompanied by his court-appointed federal public defender, James Pierce. A handful of family members sat quietly in the audience. Files was allowed to slip in and out a back door in the fenced secure area of the federal courthouse rather than coming and going through the public entrance where members of news organizations were waiting. Uh, I stand before you a broken and humble man, he said at the beginning of the statement. I doubt that, to be honest with, <laughs> well, with you, as far as that goes. And I want to I want to know how come he's got a public defender. Well, yeah, that's another good question. Before, Hold on, R.D. Let okay, me read right, some I'm more sorry. of this. You're going to love this. And love the rest of this. Uh, the judge said to me, "This is an egregious violation of public <coughs> trust." Where the judge emphasized the theft of public money by an elected official in a position of public trust, and the damage files' actions had caused in destroying the public's confidence in elected officials. It's an egregious violation, and uh, of course, that's why the judge gave him a very hard eighteen months. Uh, he said, Files' position of public trust separated him from others who have committed white-collar crimes, even though the $26,945.91 in taxpayer money Files has admitted taking is less than what others whom Holmes' sentence have, have stolen. Holmes ordered Files to pay back $83,903.47 in restitution for that twenty six thousand nine hundred forty five ninety one in state general improvement fund money that he obtained for the River Valley Sports Complex ball field project and for the fifty six thousand dollars nine hundred and fifty seven fifty six cents in bank loans he received by pledging collateral that he didn't even own, mm-hmm. files forty six has been free on a signature bond since his plea to, to uh, wire fraud, bank fraud, and money laundering charges 
January 29th, he will uh, report to prison. It's pretty lenient August treatment. And I think like. so. And, and, and where is he to come up with 84000 bucks in restitution if he needs a public defender? There you go. And well, how are you going to do that when you're serving time in the, in the pokey? Hey, there's plenty of it that they didn't catch. <laughs> yeah. Oh, if, I'm sure. If they caught 26000 of it. And, you know, I'll take a, a second to defend him a little bit, believe it or not. He come into a system that's been doing this for I know of the last ten years. This type Even of before. thing's been going on for the last ten years. So he comes in the system where this is every day the way business is done at the Capitol in the state of Arkansas. There's he's not the only one doing it. The GIF fund. If you went looked so into, do we it, still have that? Or, or they talked no, about getting they rid got of it. rid of it last it's, year. It well, was finally done away with. So are they going to find well, something to replace? Now, in that a sense, with? hold it. In a sense, they got rid of it. They put it into the governor's slush fund, right? Right. Well, that's what they've done first. They got sued because this so, sort of thing was so everyday practice. Kind of maybe got worse. And it went to the CAPDD, which was Central Area Area Planning and Development. And then the senator, then they got the emails from all the senators. They were just emailing the CAPDD and saying, hey, send this amount of check to this person, send this amount of check to this person. So it was business as usual. So, so now, getting rid of the gift didn't really change uh, so things that So all much. they did, the, the money was going to the same places, and the senators were still controlling on where the money went. So now it's came – they just last year put it under the governor's umbrella. But, you know uh, – the way it happens next is yet to be seen, but he hasn't done anything, I don't think, that at least 25% of the people have been doing for the last 10 years. He just got caught. Dave, and, aren't uh, you glad Dave, aren't you glad that the ethics bill uh, amendment passed? That issue three. I'm just <laughs> telling you, that the, the, was so the one, important the one, to The us. one that added all those term limits that was called an ethics bill. Yeah. Uh, it's done a lot of good for ethics, hasn't it? And, I mean, and the writer of said bill is waiting for how many years he's going to spend, or months in this case. I mean, if they only gave files now, 18 months, what are they going to give Woods? And, and the uh, governor's nephew may not even have broken the law, they say. I mean, he was only getting paid under the table by someone whose legislation he was pushing, but because he was a lawyer, it was legal, they think, or at least some people think. And since he was being paid, uh, what, $9,000 a month? $9,000 a month. Wait, I tell, all... what, what kind of a retainer and is they that? Were getting what money. was he doing for nine grand a month? Well, I'd like to know what was going on for the $500,000 that's floating out there right now. Hmm. Unbelievable. Hey, I told you to watch that. Make sure that the governor and, and the cronies down there didn't turn this over to the Arkansas Ethics Commission because they appoint the Arkansas Ethics yeah. Commission. But they did one even better. They made well, up a new commission. Well, yeah, they're going to make a new commission to where four or five different people don't appoint them owner over it. One person, they'll appoint a commission to investigate the corruption among themselves among themselves well i knew i Are know that this, this group here wallace irving uh rapert mallet and bond uh the first three are republicans the last two are democrats what their uh job is is to go over what the senate 
leadership came up with or these new rules that they came up and said they wanted to do and look them over and say, yeah, that sounds well and fine, or we think that you should add in this to be brought back to them to put it together so they can take it to the full Senate and they have to vote on it. I suggest and still feel that there should be some kind of civilian component. Should be some non-legislative oversight over legislative corruption. Yeah, because all of this, the FBI is going to oversee. All, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all, all of this has be, has has happened uh, because of. And I won't say it's because of a good old boy club. It's something that I think people can fall into very easily. Where no I work, doubt. I've been I've been working with this guy for X amount of years. He's a buddy of mine. You know, I think we should cut him some slack. I know him to be a good man. Blah 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 blah. I mean, that's that's how Woods got that money for Ecclesia. I mean, there's there's all kinds of senators and and representatives that looked at where that money was going to. And never really read the proposal. They just said, "Well, it's John Woods, of course." That sounds like a good sounds like a good school. Yeah, it's going to a good Christian yeah. enterprise. That's what I'm saying. And it, I'm it. There's got to be some group that's involved in this that does not have any kind of vested interest in it, these people. Kind of like uh, an inspector general. Yeah, yeah, something. I mean, I, I've heard people talk about, like, seeing the state police having a corruption group, that that's what – they're the ones that go in and – Well, the no, they're, they're, they're the guys that be able to get the good bribes. You know, the, the, you, know, <laughs> yeah. you, know you all understand what I'm saying. Yeah. There have to be – there's got to be a way of getting it out of the marble palace, so to speak, and getting some people that don't have a vested interest in somebody coming – you know, getting a, a good deal, a sweetheart deal. Uh, you're right. It's pretty obvious yep. that our elected legislature is either incapable or unwilling to regulate itself. Their phony baloney ethics amendment notwithstanding. What, what if we did it through these um, constables? Constables are elected officials who are law Ooh. enforcement, but they're not and paid. Hate, and they're hated by regular law enforcement and probably most well, elected but, officials. But, and one of the cool things is they're not paid. And so you, you don't have the money side of it. And so maybe those guys could. Well, that, could, you know, could, if they were making really important decisions, that would change immediately about getting paid. <laughs> oh, well, I think, <laughs> I'm just saying. We, we need to have some way to make them beholden. Huh? Yeah. We have no balance of power. There is no balance of power. Yeah. It's all, it's all the powers in one basket, and they're trying to make it more that way. I mean, that group of people appointed by the people up there to investigate themselves—that is just like Amendment Three. I mean, it is the same thing. That this is a transparency and ethics bill to where we're going to extend our term rates and we're going to appoint ourselves our own board to review our salary and to give us a raise that is no different than amendment yeah three. it was not it's ethics a, it wasn't ethics they were pushing to get term limits demolished and they were pushing to uh, of course make sure that they would get more money but, they, right, but, but how was it, it was how was it on, ethics. yeah how was it on the ballot yeah. why did the ballot say you know I, I, it, it said it, ethics it, bill it i agree ethics and then but it had who was, it and to establish term limits at the bottom now, which is of course a lie was that was that carl help me out here you may remember was that before 
the uh, attorney general gave up the uh, of her writing the uh, the titles or okay in the t- the titles uh, of a of the government writing these. Oh, I think that the, I, you know, did she have to pass that, or was that the Secretary that, of State's? It, it's the uh, uh, Attorney General was supposed to approve ballot titles. You remember in two thousand two, we had to go around and around. That's the way some, it was Pryor. But the thing is that the Attorney Generals have always pretty much looked the other way. They changed if it, it was if it was a. Uh, legislative initiated yes. if it was a popular ballot proposal or a popular initiative or amendment that was proposed by the people and that was got on by by petition then they scrutinized scrutinized those well they rewrote our ballot title so you didn't know whether you were voting to pass get rid of the the grocery tax or to hold on to the grocery tax they they always did it like that on and they were always super tough on initiatives by the people, but on legislative proposed stuff, they always pretty much slid it right on. Through. And now they made it they, even easier, yeah, because they took the the legislative ones and taken it out of the hands of the AG and put it into the hands of the Secretary of State. He's the one that makes or she makes that decision now. The Secretary well, of State is not that, even I guess the, the legal I guess, authority. I guess we'll see how that works out. But yes, they, we shall. <laughs> but they all, but they all just look the other way on totally dishonest ballot titles by the legislature when they would nitpick you to death on any citizen ballot. When uh, are we going to get back to the rule that you're only supposed to be voting on one issue? Because <laughs> if I count issue three. There well, were that was, four that was, issues. Yeah, that was a whole there. bunch of stuff rolled together. Yeah, there were four things in that. It's only supposed to be one so you, so thing. You, so you find a word that means a whole bunch of different things, and you call it under that name it after that title, huh? Yeah, well, they they well, named it after the title of one ethics. of the four things. It's just the, the the legislature always gets away with flouting. Uh, what would be completely illegal from uh, the citizens, and it's not right that it's. Done but of that course. When has that been ever not the case, whether in a state legislature, a city legislature, a county legislation, or the federal government? Yeah, well, to quote my favorite Arkansas governor, Winthrop Rockefeller, no man's life, liberty, or property are safe when the legislature's in session. Keep your hands over your pocket, the rear one especially. It hasn't gotten any better since he was alive. Nope, that's been 50 years. 50 years. All right, let's get a quick break. While I've got him here, R.D. is sitting right across from me. R.D., I need a, um, I need a, a rear windshield wiper for my 2010 uh, Acadia. Got it. You got one already? I got one. Okay. Hold, grab hold of it and tell me how much it's going to run me. I need to get it. Just take it to Joe's. Okay. You're going to put it on. Well, I'm taking my wife's van to Joe's. Uh, tomorrow, so I'll just uh, just take lay, it over. Lay, I'll you. just lay it in the front seat of my wife's van, so That'll I'm taking work. it over there to to get it serviced. So you know, I look at it; it I could probably do this gig. I mean, there looks to be one yeah. bolt that holds it on, but be one too many. The, the, no, well, it wouldn't be for me. But I mean, I look at the little rubber hose that pumps the fluid, and it the way it's together. I tried to undo it, and it was not coming apart real easy. And I'm saying. Now, Dave, if you cut <laughs> that there, you know what's going to happen. You're going to have to run the hose all the way from the front of the car all the way to the back of the car. I don't even want to get into that. But you can do this for anybody, can't you? Sure. 
Sure. No problem. You know, whenever we buy a wrecked car at the auction, we've got every parts. There's no uh, dealer-only parts at Sonny's Auto Salvage. When I buy a wrecked car, it has all the parts on it. Yeah, so you can pick up for a decent price. Sure. So how much is that going to run me? you have any idea? How about 20 bucks? Done. Sold. That's cheaper. That's How cheaper can you than stay in that was cheaper than the rear tail light that cost me fifty five. Well, I'm that's just saying exactly that. right. We're usually half price. At least we're usually half price of what the dealer is. That's a fantastic. All right, I'll. Uh, I don't have that that I'm on me right now. Don't I'll call you out. <laughs> My credit card's good over at this place. <laughs> it's bought a transmission. It's bought a motor. It's bought a rear tail light. Now it's going to buy a rear. A uh, little uh, windshield. I, I, may I, need that, I, I may have it on file. I may have it on file. Yeah, I think you probably do. <laughs> you just go ahead and charge me, all right? Hey, 982-7451, that's the number uh, to call. Yeah. Will they talk to you or somebody else? Uh, they'll usually talk to somebody else. I'm usually at the auction picking out the best cars to buy. Okay, so just talk to one of the uh, professionals over there at Sunny's Auto Salvage. Your number one choice for recycled auto parts. Hey, I got to tell you what, if Arkansas would win tonight, they knocked off Texas. Now they're playing Texas Tech tonight. Wouldn't it be nice to stab two of the, the big teams out of out of Texas right in the heart? And <laughs> I would love it. I would just love it. I love Texas. I really do. Except in football. <laughs> well, they say, you know, they definitely, financially, Texas has kind of got us to a advantage as far as the numbers you look at the number of people that live in the state you look at their economy well they rank they probably rank top 15 if you took them out and compared them against countries around the world that's for sure you know my parents were both graduates of ua and i grew up hearing my mom gripe about those texas referees in the (laughs) south oh yeah man but i had daryl royal i i had all the respect in the world Mm -hmm. that guy was a great football coach okay so uh, we've got a listener out in Greenbrier, who, and it's Bob. If you hear Bob from Greenbrier, that's who we're talking about. And, and Bob has been suffering from cancer here uh, for the last few uh, yeah, he what, was He was recent, recently diagnosed, maybe in the last month or so. He's a, he's a homeschool dad I've known for maybe 20 or 25 years. He, he's one of, the, one of the most gentle people I know. He's a, he, I think he's a good guy. And um, just – Think about him, and he's it's Bob Thompson out in Greenbrier. All right, we wishing we're wishing him the best today. Here's your news. All right, we uh, continue. Um, hey, out in California, one of the most restrictive <coughs> states in the union for gun control. I mean, they have more laws against you know people who have a gun than anywhere. Thursday arrested a known felon, 60 years old, with 500 firearms, rifles and handguns. They found like 432 of them on the Thursday. Then they found another 65 the next day and another 90-something the following day. And he also had computers and all kinds of spreadsheets and stuff, and he's been evidently running guns in the United States all under the nose of the most restrictive state in the union for uh, for gun laws. And, and, and here's the reason that happens. Because the only people following the law are the people who keep the law. Criminals don't follow laws, or they wouldn't be criminals. It's that simple. 
And did, did, we, did we hear the story right? They've already turned him loose again? Well, he's loose until his day that he appears in court, July 19th. Well, let's just hope they treat him a little harsher than they did Jack Files. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jake Files. Yeah, they mm. give him. I think this guy may get more than 18 months. We he's, hope. I'm thinking. Yeah. I don't think he may not be somebody's nephew. No. <laughs> Maybe not the right person's nephew. Huh? Right. Uh, but, uh, is Jake you Fi- know, is Jake Files a nephew of the governor? No, 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 he's, no, he's, he's just, not. He's just he's somebody's he's nephew, but not his nephew. Right, exactly. Not every corrupt senator in the Arkansas legislature is a nephew of the governor. Okay, not every one of them. Okay, just one or two. Okay. And and you know, t- to be right, they you are innocent until you're pro- proven guilty. But we just have very little. Uh, I don't know, maybe uh, respect for the justice system at this department, or. I hate to say respect, but we wonder how much justice is left at the Justice Department. I'll put it that way. How can you respect it when you see, if you're talking about the Justice Department in Washington, how can you have any respect for them? Uh, The Justice Department under any Democrat president seems to be run for the primary purpose of covering up Democrat criminality. Well, I'm I'm referring to about the Justice Department anywhere, just about, just almost. But uh, talking about gun control, I was... As I was talking earlier, I was on the plane with someone who has a little bit different uh, uh, idea of gun control than I do. But she had a novel idea. She works for the federal government. I won't mention any names, but she worked for the federal government. And she said the federal government wasn't really good at, uh, at compliance and making sure that people complied by law. So, neither are state governments. Right, neither are state governments. So we agreed on that, even though we didn't agree on a lot of political things. We agreed on that. But she said she thought it would be a good idea to have the NRA in charge of background checks and the NRA. Well, I'm in, surprised they haven't thrown in, her out of the Democrat par- party well, already. Well, no, she said she was a Republican, but she's just <laughs> okay. She, she's just a little bit far, farther on gun control to the left than I am. But she did say, I thought it was an excellent idea to turn it over to a third party that that uh, that claims to do it because they would be the ones held liable if somebody did something that wasn't that they shouldn't do with a gun. And speaking of party confusion, Dave, have you noticed that a Republican from New England is further left than an Arkansas Democrat? <laughs> That's pretty uh, crazy. Are you talking about the guy, the governor of Pennsylvania, trying to get rid of some of the occupational licensing laws, uh, or, or or the one or the one that turned libertarian and ran for vice president last time that said, Mika, the most important thing in this election is to make sure that Donald Trump never gets elected. Hmm. Is that uh, that's Strzok, right? Wells. Oh, William well, well, well okay. William Weld. My son told me that that uh, Johnson and Weld were just a stalking horse for Hillary, and until that minute, I didn't believe. Well, him. well, Weld, yeah, he's uh, he's, he's very been a, he's, well, he's been a a Democrat, hasn't he, for years? Well, he was a Republican when he was governor of In Massachusetts. Name. But like I said, look at Olympia Snow or Susan Collins. A, a Republican from New England is further left than a Democrat a in Arkansas. A lot further left. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot further and, left. And, and right. that's when, when we try to do something legislatively in Washington. That's our problem. We have a two- or three-seat majority, and two or three of them at least are these mm-hmm. these Massachusetts Republicans mm-hmm. or, or New I, New Hampshire Republicans or Maine Republicans that just 
you know, aren't with the program mm-hmm. when it comes to conservatism. Well, None. Maybe from maybe because of their the geographic location. Yeah. I saw something interesting here a few days ago, I think. I think it was the governor from Pennsylvania who's a Democrat. Mm-hmm. And he was actually he was actually proposing some legislation, I think, to um to abolish some of the occupational licensing laws that they had that are so onerous on people. Well, that'd and, be a good thing. And he's a Democrat. If, if it must be up for re-election, uh, maybe so. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. But, but we, we we can't seem to get much traction here in Arkansas, and we've got a, a House and Senate full of Republicans and a governor's office with a Republican. In. Yeah, where's well. where's the push? And, and, actually, that's, and that's the sad thing. It seems like when you get Republicans in a big enough majority that they're safe, then instead of trying to do conservative things, they settle down and start feathering the nest and being just as corrupt and just what? as entrenched as the Democrats were before. I, I, I don't know. You know, I'd like to think that has been a huge improvement for Arkansas that we've gone from being almost exclusively Democrat to being almost exclusively Republican. But there's there's. Not an awful lot of evidence that we're less that we got less corruption in government, that we've got less intrusive government, less growth of government. We, we uh, might I've, have, I've been disappointed we in might the have Arkansas a little, Republicans so far. We might have a little say. less growth. But at a we, slower I don't think, rate, I think it's at a slower we're still growing, I think it's maybe yeah. at a You better prove rate. it. I, I want you to get the yardstick out, Paul. You get the yardstick out and prove, and prove you, it. I don't I, know. I'm, you may be absolutely right we're, there. But. We're talking about eggshell and off-white, but I, I'm really not sure. I, I want, I want, I want to, to get the uh, color code out and look at it real close. Have you guys seen the paper today? <laughs> I got it right here. Have you looked at Section B upper uh, above the fold in the right-hand corner? As a matter of fact, I think I may have that. Judge with Judge Death has gotten involved in uh, another abortion ruling, and of course, I'm talking about U.S. District Judge Christine Baker, who I have dubbed Judge Death. Um, as we know about these uh, pills that they give uh, to bring on abortion, uh, the Supreme Court refused to hear a lower court's ruling, <coughs> and that lets the lower court stay in place uh but u.s district judge christine baker now uh said that medication induced abortion is available or should be available again today uh the federal judge issued a temporary restraining order that prevents the state from enforcing a section of a 2015 law requiring abortion providers to contract with a uh, second doctor who has hospital admitting privileges. The restraining order issued by Judge uh, Death Christine Baker expires at 5 p.m. July 2nd, exactly 14 days from the time it was filed. In that time, uh, PPH, which challenged the constitutionality of the section, could ask for the temporary order to be renewed for another two-week period, or seek a preliminary injunction, or a restraining order can only be redu- uh, renewed once, a preliminary injunction, which can be granted only after additional evidence is presented, would remain in effect until the law's constitutionality is determined. It seems to me that's been determined when the Supreme Court said, there's nothing here for us to look at. You'd think so. It's law. Should so just, you think that Christine Baker's exceeded her authority here, Dave? Well, of course she has. But she loves to kill unborn children. 
Well, so she's got to go out of her way to make sure it continues, as she is, I'm sure. Hey, somebody can call and correct me, but unless it's changed in the last session, that Arkansas Medicaid expansion covered the day after pill, which is what you're calling the abortion pill. Mm-hmm. Now, that is the Medicaid that the Republicans of Arkansas love so much that was part of Obamacare that they've, re- they've renamed Arkansas Works. Arkansas Why Work if you can get free health insurance. But, or, but last time I checked, Arkansas Works does cover the abortion pill and it is being protected by arkansas republicans until death do us part just about (laughs) okay is it because they want to or because the federal government says they must well i'm sure it's because the federal government says they must but it's a package deal if you want 9.8 billion dollars to come into your funds so you can do all these great things and all these legislatures can be a part of all these companies without disclosing that they make money on this bill. Like Senator King was trying to get adjusted, but uh, but if you get the money, you're going to do it. But it's not enough. It's not enough to deter them from supporting it because – they see the state benefiting so much from it. Now, I can be corrected if it's changed, but the last time I checked, well, if Arkansas, it's a federal law, it's not been changed. Arkansas, Arkansas Works covered that. Well, Arkansas has stood up to federal law in the past, and our attorney general has stood up to federal law. It didn't law work in the past. out too well in 1861. Right. But, uh, you know, if, if you asked me to support something that was against my conscience, I, I wouldn't take the money. <laughs> yeah, well, this is why we have a balanced budget, R.D., a balanced, supposedly. A supposedly balanced state budget because we take the federal the money 9. And, we take, and we take all the strings that come with it. Hmm. Well, you, can't take, you can't take the devil's money without getting the devil's stink on you. That's exactly right. That's the reason I think that Arkansas needs a balanced budget without the federal money. Good luck with that. that a lot of happen. bureaucrats lose their jobs if that happens. They might what? have to fire some people. Yeah, that's as much as I hate uh, uh, abortion. Uh, the amount of money we take in public education damages our children much worse than abortion <laughs> does. Well, I doesn't. I don't know if it kills any of them or not. But uh, might as well. It's a slow death. Teach them how to live under government rules and which, which is worth not killing know some, the truth killing it's, somebody or teaching them to love depravity yeah it's the misinformation of our children in our public schools is why so many millennials think that socialism is a mighty fine idea mm-hmm. they don't have the historical perspective to know it's not only been another failure everywhere it's tried it's always ended up in death and despotism but at least if you have the freedom to be born you have the freedom to choose no, well, you got that your from parents, God, not from the government. Yeah, that's right. It would be just from God, not, mm-hmm. not from the federal government. So if you're thinking about claiming your Social Security benefits, you want to stop. You could be on the verge of making an irreversible mistake that can cost you tens of thousands of dollars. The decision could trigger an avalanche of taxes, double your Medicare premiums. You could avoid that by attending an educational maximizing Social Security class on uh, Friday, July the 13th. Uh, it's hosted by David Lucas at the David Lucas Show. You hear him right here at 101.1, the uh, answer on Saturdays at uh, 10 a.m. and again at 3 p.m. 
The workshop makes claiming your benefits simple and easy. All you do is pay 18 bucks. You also get a 34-page workbook maximizing your Social Security benefits. Seating is very limited. So if you know you've saved $100,000 for retirement, call 501-653-6690, 501-653-6690, or visit davidlucasfinancial.com. So a lot of great things today in the Demgaz in the uh, Arkansas section. Judge Death has been added again. Uh, Christine Baker has set up a restraining order against basically the Supreme Court saying that giving uh, pills of death to pregnant women uh, is okay. We're going to continue that. And then uh, in the front page today, you got that picture of files uh, walking away from the back door of the courthouse in uh, Fort Smith after being sentenced to 18 months in federal prison on Wire fraud, bank fraud, and money laundering charges he did while being an elected official. Not a bad deal if you can get it when you only get 18 months. Yeah, he gets to wait, what, another couple months before he Uh, gets locked up? About a month and a half, yeah. He Mm. don't show up until August the 2nd. He did six weeks to get his affairs in order. Oh, is Mm. that what they said? Get his affairs in order? That's what they give you a little time for. Okay. If you're one of the chosen ones. Uh, Yeah, you've got to be one of the chosen ones. You have to be elected by the people to screw them. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right. You had a, you got a note back yes. from uh, so, Bob in so Greenbrier. We, so we talked about Mr. Bob, Mr. Bob Thompson there in Greenbrier. He's got cancer. And so he, he texted me back here um, just a minute ago and says, thank you for asking people to keep me in prayer as I go through this cancer. My God is bigger than any cancer. Well, so that's we, true. I, we love Mr. Bob, and he's a, I appreciate him. And I, God bless you, Bob. We, you're in our, in our prayers, bro. We'll be mentioning you to the higher power. We'll be talking to God about it. I do that a lot anymore. You get a lot of people just text me asking for prayers. Have you noticed uh, that is a big deal on Facebook anymore? Yeah, people do that. How many people I, want I, prayers? Well, well, I know I know when I had my accident two years ago. Oh, well, you the, tried to breathe underwater? <laughs> okay, I got you. <laughs> um, man, the outpouring of, of, of people telling me they're praying for me. And, is it and, true, Hardy? He tried to breathe underwater. Uh, it didn't work real well, well, well I tried, but he I, tried. Well, uh, yeah, but that, so that was that was two years ago, uh, about a week ago now. You when, thought you were a carp. Something like that. And, What's uh, interesting about that is that you had that happen right around the same time I had quintuple bypass right surgery. And who else was it in the, here in the building that, that had a had a major heart issue and russ was it russ okay yeah russ, russ had, had, a, had a four-way oh wow i'm i'm losing my mind i forgot that and then it, and then my it, boss had a four-way okay i was thinking it was somebody else yeah so so russ and then your boss so there's three in the building and then we and had then, and then we had a a, a uh, engineer from down in Dallas who came up here all the time. He had a four-way. Oh, wow. It's kind of making me wonder. You What's guys might. Business? And you yeah. just had to outdo him, didn't you? Yeah, they're going to have to crack you up. I started. I oh. said, I set, I set it at you five. Set, set the bar. None of them. No, none of them could, could tie me or, you can't or surpass get much me. Much more than that. You yeah. can't. You only get five. You can't yeah. get six. Mm. Unless unless you're weird. Oh. Kind of like R.D. You know? but, but I might have been the I might have been the <laughs> only drive one. real hard. <laughs> the I'm, sixth one is the final. Yeah, I, I the sixth one, I, they kind of count you out. I think they. But I think I was probably the on only you. one who had CPR done on me. Yeah, probably so. I don't know. They might have done CPR on me. I. 
they just didn't tell me <laughs> luckily you only got transferred three times yeah that was crazy did it take them 45 minutes to get to you <laughs> no it wasn't it, well i guess it was pretty close to that wow i know that was the longest pain in my shoulder i've ever had wow. mm. Was, I, I, I we think, got we got real problems up there in Faulkner County. We can't get a nine one one system. We can't get the the city uh, mayors and the county um, folks I mean, the, the to come together and, and to have one nine one one system so that if you call it, you don't get Cabot first, and then you get somebody second, and then you get finally get. Uh, so because you're the outside the city limits, you get transferred. That's around. correct. I got transferred. Yeah. Oh. We'll get twice. you the right people. Yeah, we'll get to you after you're dead. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Just kidding. I mean, it's just something that they need to they need to take care of. But they can find money to spend on a water park yeah. <laughs> and bike trails. Isn't that probably. right, R.D.? Yeah, but yeah. But we find money for everything else, and and they're wanting to the to raise taxes. We've had what two proposals? One of them the taxpayers turned down, and the quorum court will be having a meeting to decide whether to put another tax raise on there. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, they uh, got uh, this. Uh, they did something I didn't think they would do. They said no to the school system. That's exactly right. Good. For that's the first time I've seen them. The people of of Cabot do that, that's and good. and rightly so. I mean, there's no doubt well, that that we want all of this money. It was two mills. What's that? Uh, what, yes, they it was. two mills. Was two they wanted mills, two huh? mills for uh, you know protection for the safety of the students. I called BS on it, and so did the voters. Well, Good they did you. such a poor job of of uh, putting a plan together that they didn't hire a professional a consultant, and they didn't get two or three bids or anything else. It just sounded like when I read it that eight or ten people sat around the uh, table and said, "I think these." list of things would be a good idea and they were talking about other things that they needed to do besides they uh, school the, the safety cost of the security yeah alone, so, they, they, yeah, so, so, so uh, they, they didn't find one of the construction workers and or some of these different agencies are going to make a lot of money to contribute some money to to set put together a better plan to um to get this campaign so i think actually the, the voters you know, didn't support it because they didn't feel like what they're proposing would make necessary. their kids any it was way, safer. Way, way over make top. Them any safer. Yeah, it was way over time. That two yeah. mills would have been every year, forever and ever. You know, for be like folks trying to old and it'd be just like the Republicans trying to appeal Obamacare. You know, what do you say about government programs, Dave? About closest thing to <laughs> eternal life. Yeah, that's exactly what. That was Reagan. Reagan. <laughs> I was quoting Reagan. Reagan yeah. said that a government program was the nearest thing to eternal life in this lifetime. Well, that mm-hmm. is proven to be true. It absolutely has. All right. Carl, thank you for coming in and Dave, thanks for filling in me. for me while an, I went over and saw my cardiologist. You know, believe me, it was an honor and uh, very enjoyable. And had sticking around. Com- had good company in these characters. We're going to have to have <laughs> you back once in a while. Look forward just, to it, Just come Dave. in and join and talk with us. we got more coming your way. Uh, we still got an hour with the power panel. Elizabeth's not here. She's got other work she's got to get done. You know, she does help feed the family. And then uh, we'll come back in the final hour of the show today at 5 o'clock, and the Bible guys will be with us. All right, final hour of the power panel. They'll get out of here at about 5, 5.06. We'll see the uh, Bible guys in here. For the final hour of the Dave Ellswick Show on a Tuesday. Tomorrow, we're going to be out and about, and we're going to be over at Horton's. uh, You know, orthotics and prosthetics, they're getting ready to make some major uh, 
uh, changes over at their uh, first location, and we will be there to talk about that with them. Plus, Joe and Duck have stopped by, uh, talk about cars with us as well. And the reason I'm going is because they're going to have grilled ribs uh, starting at about 4 o'clock. Mm. So, um, you know, just to let you know, Russ, whoever has to pack up the stuff when we leave, let them know if there's barbecue sauce on the microphone. <laughs> it was probably me. That, and you're uh, not, ashamed, you're not ashamed of it. And I'm not ashamed of it. No, I'm not. No. <laughs> Absolutely proud of it. All right, big story today on the front page besides uh, Senator Jake Files only got 18 months in prison for wire fraud, bank fraud, and mon- mon- uh, money laundering, even though he's an elected official. Who, who I, did he know in the court system? I have no idea. It's who ridiculous. Who did he pay off with government funds yeah. in the court system? Yeah, yeah. taxpayers' money. Yeah. Somebody yeah. in the family did work for the FBI. Yeah. Well, maybe it was some of the people he was working for when he was promoting the um, Internet sales tax stuff. Yeah, I have no idea. Here's here's the thing that I'm really uh, <laughs> interested up about is that uh, they had this. I've been waiting for somebody to come out with some information uh, on this story. You know, we go back a few months. And uh, was it Judge Walker? Was it Walker or Griffin? Griffin. Judge Griffin who, Judge tossed, Griffin out the, who um, tossed out the uh, the pot thing because he said it wasn't done in a, uh, not honest, but uh, an equal way. Hmm. And, kind of, right? and after kind of looking at it a little closer. Now that like, I'm looking at he it. He might have actually been he right. He was right, I think. Uh, the uh, Arkansas, This is a story by Hunter Field, Arkansas Demgaz. Uh, today, right above the fold on the front page right side, Arkansas Medical Marijuana Commission members used different scoring guides uh, when ranking cannabis growing license applications earlier this year. And the scores that the uh, commissioners gave, depending on which guide was used, according to information obtained from the commission. Now, it would seem to me, if you're if you're a commission, that you know if you find each person or certain amount of people in one category, certain amount of people in another category, that as soon as you do it that way, you're going to have problems. And so you got uh, here the drug was legalized back in 2016. A circuit judge, uh, that was Griffin, has barred the issuance of growing permits, finding fault in the commission's process for ranking marijuana cultivation applicants. The ruling was repeal, appealed to the Arkansas Supreme Court. The scorecard discrepancy is the latest in a series of irregularities. Let me just use some really simple terms. Screw-ups. <laughs> All right, screw-ups. Uh, in the licensing, pro- licensing process uncovered by unsuccessful applicants, lawmakers, and media outlets, an attorney who specializes in cannabis litigation said the issue with the uh, uh, scorecards is troublesome. One lawmaker has renewed calls for the process to be scrapped and restarted. Here's what I think is going to happen here. Uh, See see how many of you guys agree with me. The longer... They draw this out. And the more ticked off the people who said they were going to, they wanted to put them their, their belief in the government, what I think is going to happen, these people who went this direction right here, 
which I think they went with medicinal marijuana so they could prove to people that people, you know, smoking marijuana was not a danger to society, basically. And then they could come back and say, let's go for recreational marijuana. I think they may pass this up completely, say that the government can't be uh, can't be uh, trusted to come up with a, a solution. solution to this. And we need to allow this, uh, each individual citizen to make up their own mind Just on whether they want to, you know, fire up a joint or not. I, if they don't get this done before election in November, it might pass. You will probably see some sort of recreational marijuana uh, thing a, on the a, next a, on the next uh, well, they, they, ballot. They've got some people collecting signatures for them right now, don't they? Not that I know of. Are though. they not? I read well, the, I uh, the, the guy the guy who was behind that uh, getting this said that you need it to be at like I think he said like fifty six percent of of Arkansans yeah. that would Approval be for, and they were at like fifty three. So I don't think we're quite there yet. But when you have this kind of ineptitude being shown, it might be enough to push that other 3% over in your category. Let me remind you to other conversations, this is a commission that is appointed by the legislature (laughs) to oversee something. And it seems like with two different scorecards, there may have been some favoritism. There's three. Oh, three different scorecards. In fact... uh, you the got, chairman of the commission, Dr. Rhonda Tillman, used a guide without any numbers assigned to each level of qualification. Wow. That was the that was the family and friends discount. It might be. I don't know. That was the family and friends mm-hmm. discount. Then you've got the, the corporate discount card. <laughs> Some of them probably got off real cheap as wow. getting their getting their license. Well, but these this is another commission. Just like these task force that we've had that come up with exactly what they want to do, and it'll be just like the ones reviewing uh, any wrongdoing by legislatures because of ethics violation. It will be the same thing. Yeah, this uh, one lawyer from California who helps cannabis companies with regulatory compliance said the uh, difference in Arkansas scorecards are manifestly unfair and probably unconstitutional. It creates an uneven playing field based on the subjective judgment of one person on the panel versus the rest of the panel. The commission planned to award Arkansas's first five medical marijuana growing permits in March, but those plans were halted by Pulaski County Circuit Judge Wendell Griffin, who ruled that the commission's ranking process suffered from the appearance of bias and that uh, regulators failed to verify that applicants were in compliance with key requirements. It looks like uh, Judge Griffin was correct, and this is hard for me to say, but I think he might have made an actual correct judgment on this one. (laughs) Hey, give the devil his due. He did a good job. One time he got it right. He got it right. Although, let me just say, I don't believe that he did it for that reason. Well, you know, yeah, we've seen people do good things for the wrong reason before. Yeah, Yeah. we've seen that happen. (laughs) But it's kind of interesting what we we have here now because if, if different commissioners are using different scorecards, how can you even think 
that you're going to have a, an equal outcome. Uh, uh, they didn't uh, even try. No, uh, they uh, did not try. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, first of all, it's a problem when you limit um, competition. Because it sounds like, what, what was it, a total of five people available, five slots available for people to be allowed to, to grow the stuff? Just decriminalize it already. I mean, just get the government just get the government out of it. I mean, it's it's insane. We've got a serious problem right now. I, I mentioned earlier. I watched some kid this morning or some guy get nailed with a nine hundred plus dollar fine for having less than a gram of marijuana. That's insane. I, I think this this sort of thing, I think, is what's driving people into serious crime when they get nailed and hammered by government for something that shouldn't have ever been illegal in the first place. Well. I'm not so much for legalizing it, but I would have to say you've got one big thing against you. If you legalize it, you can't make any money off of it. <laughs> the, the government can't tax it. Huh? Exactly. The government can't because people can grow well, they it themselves. Can, they can no, they can take uh, and and tax it. Take a look at what's going on in oh, Colorado. They, they, they've certainly figured out. Of, Holy out there, right? cow! They're making money hand over fist right now. There, well, if you well could, taxing if wasn't we, exactly what I had in mind. I okay. had like maybe attorneys' fees or consultant <laughs> fees to get it passed. Was what I was talking yeah, about. Exactly. That's true. Well, maybe if we can convince the state police that they can get a big a big chunk of it, then maybe maybe they'll support it. Huh? Put yeah, it, that put they, it in retirement. We could fund. pay for their retirement. Yeah, fund. yeah. maybe that maybe that would take care of it. Maybe, yeah, maybe might, they would uh, come out and campaign, change their minds it, huh? about something. I don't know. You can't mm-hmm. take take away the money we get from gun licenses because how would we pay our retirees Uh, maybe you shouldn't have done your retirement system that way by taking the way the right of someone yeah and charging them for the right (laughs) it's amazing that that still to this day blows my mind they would say and i don't know i don't know if we still do we still have that ross by any chance do we still have that lady sitting in front of that committee admitting that they they can't lower the price on the uh, concealed carry license uh, because if they did, they, they wouldn't be able go. to keep. Yeah, they have to let people go because they couldn't pay their retirements. Yeah, or, 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 or whatever it was. But, yeah, they, they, it was a, they, they were dealing with it. I mean, it, it. Was a, it was a bold-faced admission. Yeah, it was like. I couldn't believe like, it. Neither you could said, you. I remember like, when I played like you that. You just said that out loud. Uh-huh. How do you get a government official to, to say something that like that out loud in public? They got hit with under recording. They got hit with a god thing and made them tell the, the truth. truth. Just an honest moment, like uh, we don't have a spending problem. No, oh, it's a it's a revenue problem. <laughs> just every once in a while, it just it just comes, comes out. out. The truth just comes out. Uh. No matter how convoluted uh, and crazy it sounds, it's true. A, a Republican saying, well, we don't have a spending problem. What? <laughs> All right, so when we come back, we wanted just to touch on that. Uh, when we come back, we got, uh, you know, Elizabeth is not here today. She's doing some FOIA work for somebody. and uh, But she did send me an article, and, she, and I forwarded it off to R.D., and uh, I wanted him to take a look at it, and then we're going to come back and talk about it and see what he thinks about it here on the Dave Ellswick Show. And it has to do with health care. If you're a small business owner, I'm going to suggest that you listen to what the president is, uh, is saying. Uh, it's not the first time this has been said. It's been said many, many times uh, before, but maybe with a, pre- a push from the president, somebody can get it to actually 
be made into some form of, of law. You know, there's lots of big changes coming to the Horton's Orthotics and Prosthetics Little Rock location. I told you we're going to be there tomorrow. Uh, Horton's began their business back in the 80s right off 12th Street in Little Rock. They've been there ever since. And they've grown their small family practice into a six-location family business that provides Arkansans with all of their orthotic and prosthetic needs. Now the Little Rock location is getting a much-needed demo and addition. Now we're going to be there doing the show live tomorrow. Are we going to be like on one end of this place, uh, Russ, and they're going to be tearing down the other end of it or something? I have no idea where we're going to be. I know it's going to be a demo that they're going to be doing, so it's going to be kind of interesting. They're going to have some big machine with claws on it tearing this place apart. We're going to put you on the precipice when they blow it up. Watch that stuff. This is going to be a state-of-the-art facility now with the latest technology in prosthetics and orthotics. A gate room, that's more, a better way of putting it is seeing how you walk, where you put uh, the weight on your foot, things of that nature. They need to know that when they're building the prosthetic personally for you. Uh, they'll have a large new waiting room, a new mastectomy area just for mastectomy patients with privacy and comfort while you're fitted. And it's all because Hortons prides itself on their patient relationships. Keeping the patient happy is their priority. Remember now, six locations with this new updated facility in Little Rock. There's also North Little Rock, Bryant, Conway, Fort Smith, and Searcy. That's Horton's Orthotics and Prosthetics, providing a lifetime of support. All right, back with you. I was just, look, I was just looking at this picture that came in my Instagram of President Trump and, and his wife. And I'm, I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking, Trump's thinking, and you think your wife's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. She uh, she is the classiest first lady we have had since Jackie Kennedy. I'm just saying. That's I right. mean, you know, somebody who's got, you know, that, that extra little pizzazz of the clothes she wears and all of that. And I, I just think that she is the first lady. She does a good job. You know, very stylish. Yep, she definitely is that, and uh, pretty good on her political thinking as well. She doesn't need anybody to write her speech for. She can pretty well think. Yeah, and stand on she her can own think on herself, can't she? She's a lot like her husband. That. Yep, both of them pretty good about that. All right, we we were talking about Elizabeth, uh, who uh, is on the show typically when the power panel's here. She's not here this whole week because. She uh, has a lot of things on her plate right now and getting them all done. And uh, one of them is she's doing some work for somebody. Don't know who it is. Uh, it's a FOIA, uh, some uh, information Freedom they need. information, getting, yeah. it, getting it from a government agency or something. Yeah, she's doing the work for them, which is no small deal. It's difficult at times to, uh, to succeed in that. But she's doing that, and because of that, she's not here with us today. And so uh, she sent me an article about President Trump taking some ideas uh, that have been kind of knocked around uh, ever since they knew that Obamacare was going to implode sooner or later. And how could small businesses be helped so that they could afford to give their uh, employees health care? Because R.D. can talk about this. The cost of employee health care has gotten so high that it's just about to that point that 
small businesses are ready to throw up their hands and say, I can't continue doing this. And it was at a time when the government was telling small businesses, you'll either give your people health care or we're going to fine you a big bundle of money. So it was, you know, pay the devil somehow is what it came down. But uh, Trump has come up with an idea. And again, I'm going to tell you some other people have talked about this, but he's latched onto it. And it could be what is necessary to kind of push it over the goal line. And I'll. I'll let you talk a little bit about it, R.D. I wanted you to talk about it since you're a small business owner. Well, uh, oddly enough, you know, when Obamacare came in, it has doubled the cost of, of health insurance for our employees. So I paid, I've paid 100% of the, of the insurance health care costs for my employees for over 20 years. We've had to freeze it recently because it's gone from the $30,000 range a year for 15 employees up to the $75,000 <laughs> range. Yeah. So, you know, it's getting close to either put us out of business or we at least have to freeze it. So since we've got the Republican influx, both at the state and the federal government, uh, and Donald Trump's got elected, really nothing has been done to improve anything in the health care reign. We've neither cut the cost of health care nor cut the cost of insurance. So Donald Trump made a campaign promise that he thought that part of the solution would be for organizations and companies uh, to be able to form groups to uh, have uh, insurance groups across state lines so they could get a discount by the size right of the group that they have. Because right now it's against the law. Yeah, it's against the law. So the, the state has 100% control over who sells insurance in their state and what policies that they offer, which is not right. But also you cannot buy a health insurance policy from out of state, mm. across state lines. So this gives the so, state 100% control and eliminates free market. So Donald Trump made a promise. And he's trying to fulfill the promise. You know, so many things that I believe he did, he's tried to do. But the Republicans have not allowed him to kill Obamacare. He promised to kill Obamacare. But uh, I fought the the Republicans for not backing him to try to kill it. (laughs) Thank you, John McCain. So so it sounds like what he's, if I understand this correctly, basically it would allow people um, to form pools so that they can get health insurance less expensively. So so maybe it's the... Maybe it's a Baptist association, or maybe a the um, maybe a, a an association, a dentist of, association, a dentists, or, or something of that nature, and they can that way they can pool their their people and buy insurance less expensive salvage yard, salvage yard, right. yeah. organizations, or, or 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 people like that. So that's but, that sounds like a, a no brainer. Well, uh, the article says critics say the administration's approach will draw healthy people away from the Obama health care law insurance market, and this will raise the cost of coverage, which is subsidized by taxpayers. It goes on to say that we have 11 million people in the United States right now that we are subsidizing their insurance. Okay, we'll come back and talk about it after the news. Sure. Firearms? (laughs) All right, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. Whitney, thanks. Good to see you. I'm always glad to see you. I know I'm on the air. Whitney was here. Did you talk to her? Yeah, I just talked did to her. Did she tell you what she's going to be doing? Yeah, going into the Navy. Yeah, but did she tell you what she's going in to do? In the Navy. Did she tell you what she's going to be doing when she's in the Navy? Uh, it's called Master of Arms. 
Do you know? It's not like yeah, you're taking care of people's arms on their body. It's the other kind of arms. Yeah, so. she's going to have. Uh, she's going to be sitting in front of all the the armaments. All right. What that's, do you think? That's about scary it? that Whitney's going to be handling. I, I'm, no, I'm just telling you right now. I feel safer at night knowing that Whitney, <laughs> who can lose her temper very easily, <laughs> will have uh, the key. To the arms aboard ships. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's a joke, okay? We're just joking with Whitney. Don't run out of toilet paper. She's a, she's a good folk. She really is. She's a good folk. We love her. All right. I'm glad to hear as she's going in the Navy. That's, that's a, that is an honorable profession as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. That's why I went in the Air Force to make it dishonorable. <laughs> my. <laughs> yeah, my 16-year-old son's at summer camp at Annapolis right now. That's where he's at. That, that's so cool. What's his chances of making it? She says it? the Air Force is too royal for her. No, too royal. Yeah. Well, well that's because we know what the, we send our officers out to fight. We don't go do it. We send the officers out. You know you got to be an officer to fly a plane, right? So we're sending the officers out to do the fighting. We'll We'll patch up the holes in your plane. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. All the other branches, the officers are watching everybody else go out. Huh? Now, there are other people within the Air Force that are enlisted that do fighting, too. Just so you know, loadmasters and all the others. Yeah, that she's are headed out there. to Great Lakes now. Yep, going up by Chicago. Going to learn how to. You swim okay? Oh, she swims fine. Okay, <laughs> I mean, just you know, you get it's part of the deal. They're going to jump you. They're going to drop you into a pool and all those good things. You you you've seen an officer and a gentleman, right? Yeah, you need to watch that a couple more times so you'll be ready for when they drop you in the pool with your hands and feet tied. Just just kidding, <laughs> just kidding. All right, let's get back to this article that we were talking about here. Critics say the administration's approach will draw healthy people away from the Obama health law insurance markets, raising the cost of coverage, which is subsidized by taxpayers. About 11, so what they're saying is that God only knows we don't want to take any people off of of government health care. So let's not try to get the free market working here. Uh, let's understand that uh, we want to keep 11 million people still on the plantation at healthcare.gov and state markets, but the administration's priority is to try to lower premiums for another 7 million. Now, is that is that 7 additional million people? So they want to get up to 18 million? Is that what they're saying? Or is it 7 million of the 11 million that are already on? Well, the way I understand well, well, it is uh, the the whole country is paying and subsidizing uh, health insurance for 11, for 11 million, people. million people and we're paying the cost the people aren't even getting good in care one thing i'd like to say is just because you have health insurance doesn't mean that you have health care that is not one in the well, same and, thing but and, and, he's going to try to help seven million suckers that are paying for this free <laughs> service he's going to try to help seven million them out well yeah. here's the key it's saying that this is to try to lower premiums the administration says their, their priority is to try to lower premiums for another 7 million or so uh, who buy their coverage directly but don't get any subsidized help. So they want to try to 
bring the price down. To the extent that these plans develop and serve as a parallel market, that could have a destabilizing effect, said Karen Politz of the nonpartisan Kaiser Family Foundation, uh, which is totally liberal. Uh, she's an expert on individual health insurance. She also served as a consumer protection regulator in the Obama administration. That should tell you everything you need to know. Right. So, so, so if the, so if they're now providing for eleven million and they add seven million, that'll cost about the equivalent of thirty million. Now, what they're talking about <laughs> is, is that is that about the kind of math we should expect from the government? Yeah, that's about the kind of math. But what they're going to do is they're going to allow the free market to cut the price of. Right now, there's no free market left in the healthcare industry. The states control who sells the insurance in the state and what policies they can do. So the state, each state, holds health insurance captive in that state, and you cannot buy it across state lines. So that's that's been crazy and part of the Republican platform for years is to be able to buy health care across state lines. Which is just in, sensible. In, in many places, which is just common sense. But if you have a free market opportunity that comes up, the free that. market opportunity could actually draw some of the 11 million people away from the government program. God and, knows we don't want to do and that. If they did that, it might be the healthy ones. So the taxpayers would end up having to pay only the sick uh, ones, the sick, really ones, sick ones, the really sick ones. So, you Which know, would be the a more lot less people, expensive than what the we more have people you rob, the less you have to take away from each person. <laughs> so they really the, the taxpayers are paying for all of this. The taxpayers pay for the whole 11 million. And we have had no help since the Republicans have taken the state or the federal government in health care or in or health care insurance. There's been no help. Donald Trump's trying to well, do something. Well, you had our best chance came a few months ago when John McCain crushed it with his right. vote. With his vote. Last vote. And no. Well, no, I'm the maverick. No. <laughs> well, the, you've got so many Republican governors that have Medicaid expansion in their states getting billions of dollars just like ours. And they're calling the senators and, and even having dinner with the president saying, hey, if you cut this, you know, you'll bankrupt our state if you cut this federal program. But if you get rid of the federal program, because that's what they were going to do, then they don't have to worry about the money. But what, how are you going to replace that money that maybe you're not using every dollar for dollar that you're getting for the program on the program? And maybe you're siphoning of, off some of that money for other programs. See, that that's one of the big uh, uh, fallacies of like uh, the money that schools get sometimes for buses. They get X amount of dollars, but there's not a lot of rules out there to make them spend the money on the buses. So they use that money in other areas. Sort of, it sort of smells a little bit like fraud. Hey, Oh, no. <laughs> Come on now. Would, would an elected official truly defraud no. his clientele? No, no, no. no. If they would never citizen? do anything like that. If no. you want to cut down... On the corruption in the state of Arkansas, Cut down the, state. the more you could, the most thing you could do, smaller you can kill make the Medicaid government. expansion, which is nine point eight billion dollars, and cut out that nine point eight billion dollars. It would do more to cut the corruption in this state because there are legislatures that are benefiting from this nine point eight billion dollars, and it, you know, it's not happening. Basically, it's not going to and happen. When somebody stops by your office and say. Uh, Hey, yeah, you know, I got extra twenty five grand that can be uh, to our pack that can help your reelection. 
Right. Yeah. Mm. All right. No, I'm not privy to any specific legislator doing that. Or, or maybe we you, just know that it's happening. Or, or maybe there's a there's a because a, they don't have to report. Or maybe it. there's a three or four thousand dollar junk car out in the in the back lot, and I might I could probably buy that car for me for about twenty five thousand dollars. Here's my <laughs> thing. Did, did this strike you? Um, RD as just as just typical back asswardness by the government. There, there's no doubt. You know, it's just like saying, if we why would we want to get people off of these programs? We want to make sure they stay on these programs, even those. Uh, the, there's another better way of doing it. This is all. This is saying is that we be moving into something that we had talked about. Uh, long time ago and that is people with pre-existing conditions serious conditions like myself i've had you know quintuple bypass surgery and i'm a type 2 diabetic that i would still be able to get health care however other other people would be able to save some money perhaps by getting some extra benefits uh, by being able to buy their health care themselves instead of the government mandating it to them you know, it's just a cracking the window on a free market yeah. solution. Now, it's not by any means uh, uh, a total solution, but it's Donald Trump trying to keep a promise by cracking the window to small businesses. Small businesses don't get any breaks. Small businesses carry this country, and they employ most of the people. Only people, only time politicians like small businesses is when they're running for office. Yeah. It's the only time. And it's the only time they bring it up. Small businesses are a lot harder to, to keep under the government thumb. That's right. Some of them might run for office. Well, that that Ooh, or just or just scary. you know, it's a lot easier. <laughs> it's a lot easier for government regulators to to um, to monitor and and um, and uh, inspect and, and keep 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 a keep their thumb on top of giant corporations and then also the giant corporations maybe have a tendency to kind of kick back a little bit of extra something something here to um, maybe some politicians or maybe perhaps even some of the um, inspectors and regulators um, and it may kind of help to keep some of the um, fines and fees reduced now here's the other interesting thing here in this story that was talking about this this would allow uh, small businesses uh, to be able to form their own consortium, so to speak. Uh, and it would cost less, but it could cover fewer benefits than what Obamacare has. For instance, if you're a guy, you probably wouldn't have to pay for maternity, uh, leave. Yeah, maternity, maternity you know, care. coverage yeah. and things. Of those That's unconstitutional. Or a, a, a woman wouldn't have to have prostate coverage. Uh, it can be marketed across state lines to businesses in a common industry see that doesn't make sense to me either if i have ten thousand people who want to join up with me to right. uh you know come together and i can guarantee uh, uh an insurer that we're going to never fall under this amount then why wouldn't the, i be allowed the, to do the, it just make, like a business make it the dave ellswick conservatarian group yeah or something Listen, like that. yeah if you spread free market and capitalism and don't limit it to something. It could run amok and get out of hand. It could and put get the out of hand. whole government right. out of I business. Did, I didn't think it about it. Put the whole government out of business. And then where would, would be, all those people find jobs? That would I be, don't know. That would be terrible if all these government employees, where there's ten people pushing the same broom, would have to find an actual real job. 
that's just like if you cut that $9.8 billion coming to Arkansas. The only problem with the $9.8 billion coming to Arkansas is we're spending $10.5 billion. Mm. And so it doesn't even cover everything. But look at how many extra jobs it provides. So, think, think, think of how so, much free money we're getting. I tell you what. So this is a, a very small crack. It's just a try. Uh, and, uh, and it looks it's like awesome. it's already running into what the left always says. But we can't keep everybody on the government plantation. Well, it's not only the left these days. It's not only the left. And this would take some of the power out of the state to control what's happening in the state. So it'll be interesting who gets on the bandwagon. But everybody, please contact your senators and legislators and ask them let's give free market a try and let's see how it goes all right let's get a break in final break for this hour we'll come back and wrap it up the bible guys up at 506 that's on its way here on the dave ellswick show show all right back with you dave ellswick show it's about seven minutes I got to talk about this now that I happen to mention. Now that I mentioned it to you guys, it's I a really got big, to it's talk a really big topic. It. Yeah, it is a big topic. I forget what cable channel it's on. It's like on. Um, it's not one of the medical ones. It's some other channel, but it's, it's called channel. my. Yeah, <laughs> should be my six hundred pound life. If, and Artie, you said you've not seen it. I haven't. Either. And you have not seen it. When I'm cruising by, there you but go. I've you never stopped it. before. Well, for whatever reason, my daughter thinks that this show is like crazy, you know, and she watches it. And and I watched as much as I can take, which is usually less than ten minutes. And there was a lady, this was a few months ago, that was complaining. She was 780 pounds. That's sad. Okay, she's complaining that no one really helps her as she was finishing off her second full pie while she was lying in bed. I mean, she was literally a blob of... A person with a head, mm. what she looked like. So she didn't get out of bed. No, no. Well, the only way she could get out of bed, and she was complaining about it, is to get her to the hospital or whatever. It took several people, I think 15, 20, 25 people, mm. to be able to lift her out of bed. Mm. She was wondering why they couldn't use a fork lift. I kid you not. This is a person that has no problem, evidently, that they weigh 780 pounds, but she has a problem that they can't get her a forklift so that she can keep her modesty when these people are trying to move her. How about a rollback wrecker? I think you should probably have to pay the people who are being asked to come out and put their hands underneath you and move you because I can think of better things I want to do then be moving you around, woman. What I wonder is, or if you were a man, all, same all, thing. All, all financially, you know, mm-hmm. this person doesn't work. Nope. Financially, who supports who supports this? Person I'm looking at one of them right now. <laughs> uh, she's a welfare recipient. <laughs> I'm looking. Well, I'm sure she is. She can't work. Mm-hmm. She can't do anything for herself. So she's got a. I assume she's got. So a the maid? government's got she to take care of it. No, sort of probably, She's got her family probably helping out oh. with those things. Do, do you oh. remember the bill that they tried to pass in the state of Arkansas about using uh, using the welfare money? I said a bad word there. The welfare money mm-hmm. to. Uh, to buy uh, snacks and candy and ice cream with you. Remember us talking about that? Yes. 
Yeah, it sounds it, like that might help her out a I little bit. I think that was bit. Mary Bentley brought that bill up. That was she, an excellent she was, bill. She was pointing out that that the I think the top the single biggest expenditure for SNAP benefits was soft drinks. I think is what she was well, saying. Soft drinks was number one. I think soft. I think that's what she was saying. Soft drinks was number one. I would like to see the top ten, but it sounds like that that would benefit this person if they had to. If they actually used to, they would. But uh, who fought it the most? Do you know who fought it was that bill? Grocery stores, wasn't That's it? exactly right. Because at every grocery store you see, say, you walk by and it says, "We accept EBT." They're saying, "We take your money from somebody else." That's exactly what they're saying. We accept stolen funds. Well, I tell you what, I'm for helping people that are in need, but I, I think it should be. I don't think it should be number one thing should be for soft drinks or things that's not healthy. No. It ought it ought to be for. For things that are healthy for well, that it, person right there, she doesn't need two Mrs. Smith's pies. If you were, if day. you were gonna, if you were gonna help somebody <laughs> that, if you were gonna help somebody that you knew that was poor and having some trouble, maybe they got injured on the job and so they need some help, you wouldn't bring them tons of soft drinks and other kinds of nasty, gross, unhealthy food. You would actually perhaps bring them actually healthy food that's good for them. It might not be real fancy food. But you'd, you'd you'd be sensible about it. You wouldn't encourage them to um, to do things that actually make them more dependent. Well, Mary Bentley had a good idea. What she forgot is that now so many people are dependent upon money that they can scam off of government programs that they're not willing to give up that money either. The yeah, more the people you get dependent yep. upon your programs the harder it is to get rid of the programs. That's why Reagan said that the nearest thing to eternity in this lifetime is a government program. Because it's not just the welfare recipients. In this case, it seemed like it was the grocery stores who were receiving the welfare after the people spent it. I mean, look, you can use your EBT card at a lot of the filling stations around here, and the best food that they got is a Clark bar. Mm. You know what I'm saying? They got all the candies and chips and mm. sodas that you the want. High price. You know, or maybe if you want a hot dog or something like that, you can use your EBT card to buy it. When do we get on these government programs? When do you get past the point of no return? Uh, when you got more people that are taking money out of the Treasury than are paying in the Treasury. And we reached that point, I think, quite a while ago. I, I think you're right. Close. I think we've passed mm-hmm. it. All right. Guys, thanks for coming in. Yes, sir. We'll do it again next week. (laughs) On a Tuesday, Elizabeth should be back to keep you guys in order. (laughs) Coming up, the Bible guys on the Dave Ellswick Show. Was a good thing that might be coming. (laughs) I did that yesterday. Uh And we had one of those 24-hour viruses ran through the whole household in about five days. Oh, man. And each day, it was a different person praying for death <laughs> it was not good i've been i've been praising god quite a bit lately because i was thinking about this just the other day i have not even had a cold well if you're being in hawaii or... why would you not no, no, be no. praying no. to god not not for just that but for five or six maybe even seven years i can't even remember the last time i've been sick wow well, i've been sick for you you should write a book about that i not exactly because well, i eat pretty good and work out but yeah i don't know just Praise God. Biblical health. You yeah. already got the title for there it. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, make some money off God. A lot of people do. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm just, you're just, you know, yeah, I'm, yeah, a, little, yeah, I'm yeah. a little cynical about that uh, sure, topic. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
You know? Absolutely. There's a lot of people out there make money off of God, and they're mm-hmm. going to wake up one day in eternity, and they're going to get their full payment. Yeah. They're going to realize that was a bad idea. Yeah, yeah. a real bad idea. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. So how are you gentlemen doing? Good, good. We got a we got a Bible college going, you know. I know you do. Yeah. yeah how so. how many people have been jumping? Well, you know, p- part of it is my fault, right? If why? you're not getting so many people signing up How's yet, that? because I don't have you advertising on the show like you were before. All oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Everybody was all excited about it and everything. We're calling you guys about it and everything. And then we stopped. Well, now we, it's there. We need, yeah. We need to write another, not, we need to write another uh, another, another ad. ad. We yeah. can do that. Sure. Yeah. Nobody's going to go, just run the same one. It's one that's that's Steve actually. Got. There's a little bit uh, change in it now, so oh, you need to make a little modification. Yeah, okay. but uh, no, it's a uh, if you if you would like to know more about the uh, about the college, it's uh, you can go to AmericanInstitute.org uh, and uh, you can find out. You can register. And, I mean, it's uh, you can go. You can take classes as a student or just to audit the class. And uh, uh, there's some really good, really good teaching, really good classes in there. Um, and if you can, if you can read, if you can. Um, if you really have a, a hunger for the Word of God, these classes will help help you out. Okay, okay. so now i got to ask. I know that, Steve, you teach some of these classes, mm-hmm. and Scott, you do too. Mm-hmm. Is there, Do you have any other teachers, or are you guys carrying this whole load right now? Oh, no. no, we have some other teachers. Um, Steve and I have been carrying the lion's share of the load right now, but we have um, we have other teachers. We have um, a man by the name of Pastor Chris Truby and uh, Pastor Jeff Schroeder. Uh, we also have a Dr. Jimmy Lee uh, Berryhill, who will be teaching. Her first class comes up, uh, I think, in the week after th- after uh, not Thanksgiving, Fourth uh, of July. Uh, Dr. Rob Moser, who you're who you're familiar with, uh, oh, is he still teaching classes? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's he's teaching uh, later classes. So for the later the the more ma- not ma- mature students, but the students that are further along in the school, not so much the the entry level uh, stuff that will laugh at his jokes. <laughs> right. Well, that that's <laughs> hard to find in whatever level you want. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> We, we we changed the the structure of the institute a little bit, and before the way uh, it was when Dr. Mosley set it up, there wasn't a really such a layout as far as a, a degree track, and so we kind of changed that a little bit, and, and most of the stuff that, that is his expertise is more the historical side of the Bible, mm-hmm. and so those come along into the uh, latter part of the second year and the third and fourth year. Cool. More of the bachelor's level stuff, and when people are going to be writing more papers and that kind of stuff. So we're getting ready. He's actually going to be starting here probably in the next month or two to start recording those so we'll already have them done when that time rolls around well he's not a spring chicken either well and that was the no. other i'm <laughs> just kidding doc <laughs> nah he, he's probably listening actually we, he and i had lunch yesterday and he said when are you going to get me those classes you want me to teach he goes you better get them before i die <laughs> yeah yeah that's his mentality all right let me remind everybody that uh, scott stewart is pastor at agape church 701 napa valley drive in little rock their Sunday service time is at 10 a.m. Website aclr.org and his Twitter account. He wants you to be in contact with him, social sure. media, mm-hmm. at Dr. Scott Stewart. That's D-R Scott with two T's, Stewart, just so you'll be aware of that. We'll take your calls, 823-0965, anything dealing with Scripture. You know, you can talk to us about you know, once saved, always saved. End you know, times, you hear that end time stuff. Prophecy. Uh, you know, death. Is there such a thing as soul sleep or whatever? I'm just th- pulling things off the top sure. of my head yeah. that I know people have asked me of over the years. But uh, probably right now, more than anything else, a lot of, 
you know, end time stuff is sure. is out there because a lot of people reading a lot of different things into a lot of things that are happening. Especially in the what's world. happening now with um, with Israel and Damascus Jerusalem, and yep. uh, Jerusalem and things of that nature. Those, did those did you huge. see that was um, who was it? Jordan and uh, Israel met talking about is the Israeli and Palestinian peace plan or something? Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, yeah, they've been. I didn't see that one specific, but it's been starting to come back up. I noticed you you don't see as much because the immigration thing is such an issue right now. But you'll see some lower headlines where it talks about Jared Kushner being over there, and they're starting to lay the groundwork for that kind of. That's I, I forgot. Jared's there, you know, yeah. doing his thing. He's been a pretty big impetus mm-hmm. for peace. Got to mm-hmm. give him credit. Yeah, he's he's talking to the Jordanians about what? Um, you know, they I, are, I don't know if it's their participation. Probably trying to get them on board with something. Oh, I see. To give them some way of pressing it out into the Arab world, I would ex- assume. Because, because in reality, uh, Jordan is the Palestinian state. Yep. When they were when they were carving up the Middle East, they said, "Okay, we need to have a an Arab state, and we need to have a." Uh, a, a Jewish state, and so, so which of your con- you countries want to give up some land? Right, basically is what it came. Well, down. actually, and, Jordan was the one that gave it up. Yeah, a lot of people don't understand that when they say the West Bank, they don't understand they're talking about the West Bank of Jordan. Mm-hmm. It's not its own country; it was carved out of Jordan. Yeah, I mean, of course, originally it was, it was a biblical territory, um, Judea and Samaria, but but when uh, when the land was carved out, that area belonged to Jordan. It was no. It was no state called Palestine. It was Jordan. And then when Israel took it, all of a sudden the people in there, the people that lived in there, were Jordanians. Then all of a sudden, after Israel took it, all of a sudden they morphed in their into a different nationality called Palestinians. All yep. of a sudden, here you know, the word Palestinian was not used until 1964. I didn't know that. Yeah, not until word, 1964. The funny part is the word like means squatter. That's after the Six Day War, right? That was you talking. That was in 67. Okay. Yeah. All yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. But it was not used as a, a term until uh, until until sixty four. So they were uh, they were all Jordanians, and, the, and all the all the people living in Gaza, Gaza belonged to Egypt. Those were all Egyptians. But then once Israel took Gaza, all of a sudden, then these two groups began to identify as this brand new people group that had never ex- actually existed. And before. if you want to understand the political side, when they start talking about the refugee camps in those areas, mm-hmm. uh, what those nations said to those people was to stay there. We're going to go back in and attack and get the land back, and now they use them as political pawns. When those people are not Palestinians, they were either Jordanians or they were Syrians or they were Egyptian. Egyptians or Saudis. And But now so many years have gone past that they probably really do feel like they're Palestinians. Yep. Right, they do. They have so many generations of indoctrinating the children. And um, I mean, Yasser Arafat was born in Egypt. He was Egyptian. He wasn't. He wasn't. Uh, he wasn't Palestinian. And I mean, he was not a good man. No, no he was not. No. So anything but. You can't. You can't negotiate with someone who, when their title is called the Palestinian Liberation Organization, they think they're trying to liberate not the West Bank. They think they're trying to liberate all of the land. So you can't really talk. Yeah, about liberate people. all of the land from the Israelis. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yep. That means, you know, crush them and drive them into the Mediterranean. That's right. Yeah. And so, you know, I heard somebody say, how do you negotiate with someone who is bent on your destruction? Do you negotiate by saying, do you want us to die today or next week? I mean, Mm -hmm. how do you you negotiate with someone like that? You don't. Is it a quick death or is it a long death? (laughs) In which way? Yeah. So, no, none of that actually is... um, is it feasible? You can't you can't talk to people like that. I saw I saw Netanyahu actually um, uh, give a plea to the um, to the Iranian people and with the, with the water. Did yep. you see that? 
Do you happen to see that what he did there no. the day with the water? What you tell him? Well, I didn't watch the whole video. I just saw the, th- the yeah. story on. It. I didn't read the whole thing. Yeah, basically, he said, you know, um, uh, Iran is um, is is dying of thirst, and he said, we will help you to uh, get water. So basically, I think water will become more powerful than oil than uh, gold. Yeah, yeah, I mean, seriously, the Israelis have gotten so far along with desalination they have, yeah. that they sell. I, I forget how much they sell to Jordan. Yeah, well, they that's a part of their, the peace uh, plan with Jordan. They have they. Oh, I was at the Galilee just a few months ago. Well, I say a few months ago, back in uh, November, and uh, the Galilee is was down by like you know sixteen feet, which is a lot. Uh, but the reason why it's down is not because of there's not enough rainfall. It's down because they're according to their treaty, they give fifty million cubic um, tons of, or meters or however it's measured of water to Jordan every year to maintain peace uh so they siphon it off to jordan i mean water is the it is the uh, and it is because the gold. of all of the um the building that's going on within israel the, they're having to put water into those communities and that's where it's coming from is from the sea of galilee in the jordan river i mean israelis actually recycle something ridiculous like 91 percent of all their gray water so anytime they flush the toilet or take a bath that's collected. You need to and, drink it later. Uh, I think they don't. I don't think they use it for that. I think what they do is they use it to water their crops. Right. Yeah. Okay. And, well, that's and cool. And so they put it back out in the crops, and the, and the desert's blooming like the rose because so, of that. So instead of drinking it, they eat it. Right. That's, just, okay. Yeah. So I'm just it's, saying it's just filtered highly. <laughs> I know. Very, very it's so. like the astronauts. Oh yeah. That's how they drink water. I mean, it's recycled bodily waste. Really? Yeah. Okay. You guys didn't know that? Well, I I didn't. Oh, yeah. That. It's not, where's the, I thought when's they the just last put a cup out the window. Yeah. When's the last time you saw the space station and they had the big water containment thing uh, oh, sh- hanging from it? You know? That I guess never. No, I guess never. never. No. Yeah, they're, they're real good at cleaning the water. I mean, that tells us if as a, if we felt the same way as this country did, uh, as they did about having water in space, we could probably do it, too, our yeah, water rates would exponentially jump through the, you know, through the stratosphere. But still, so for everybody who thinks we're running out of water, not even close, not folks. Even close. Yeah, I I lived in in Europe, and the last place I lived was in Scotland, where we had three hundred days of rain a year. Are you kidding me? And they still wanted to conserve water. We had so <laughs> we're we had water on three sides. And uh, when I was living in North Carolina before I moved here, and um, and they came on and they said, listen, we need to conserve water. It's a hot, dry summer. The people conserved water so well after about a month, month and a half. Then it was in the newspaper. The water company is going to raise rates because people had cut down so much that the company started losing water. So they raised the rates on you when you started conserving water like they told you to. <laughs> of course. F- follow the money. The companies can't lose any money. That's man. right. That's They'll right. get you coming or going each, either way. Yep. Either way. All right, let's get our first break in. We'll come back. Again, your questions, 823-0965, 823-0965. Dr. Uh, Scott Stewart's here and, and uh, Steve Hess is here, all ready to uh, hear what you have to say here on the, uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. Your questions about the Bible next here at 1011. All right, so Pastor Scott and uh, Steve are here today. Take your questions, 823-0965, 823-0965. Bible guys, that's how we affectionately call them. Mm. And they are here to take on any question that you might have about uh, Scripture, 
uh, belief, anything. I mean, they're 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 open today. No 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 topics that were generally on their mind. Sometimes they come in and go, let's talk about this. I've had this question or that question, and a lot of different things have been, you know, leading me to believe that we should talk about this. Let me just throw it throw this question out to you. What is the number one misconception about Christianity that most people have? That Jesus came to do away with the law. Okay. Mm. <laughs> uh, that was a very quick answer, but it's probably a very appropriate one. Uh, that that is a that that's a big one. He came to start a new religion yep. uh, of some sort. And um I think I would have to agree. Would that would that make sense to you, Dave, with what you've uh, I heard? I understand, yeah. When it when you talk to people, if you talk to them very long about Christ, they'll say that when Christ came and died on on the cross, it literally did away with the law. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you understand that the law is like you guys always talk about that you've got the covenants, mm-hmm. when does a covenant, quote, go out of style as far as I can find? And I I always go back and, and read after I hear you guys say things. And, uh, you know, you had the Abraham's covenant, and mm-hmm. then you had Noah's covenant, and then you had Moses' covenant, then you had David's covenant. And as they go down, none of those went away. They all just built upon each other. That's correct. That's correct. And so when Christ came and he said, I brought the new covenant, it wasn't that he did away with everything else. No, no. I mean, I'm sure that that's what Noah could have said. God gave me a new covenant. Right. Goes along with the Abraham covenant, Mm -hmm. you know, but he's expanded what he's talked to us about now. He got rid of the you know law of sin and death. Mm-hmm. Got rid of it. Yeah. It's done. Done away with. That's, That's what it. he wants you to know about. Yeah. Right. Well, all the all the covenants have um, have signs to them, or I say signs like a like a token or a um, like a, a rainbow. Yeah, the rainbow. So Noah has the rainbow. So you can look in the sky. If there's a rainbow there, that covenant's still in effect. Abraham's covenant was a land based covenant. So you can look. Is the nation of Israel still there? Yes. Are the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Gergesites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, Gergesites, are they still there? No. The only one that's still there is the land that God said would be there because of a covenant of Abraham. So you can say there's a rainbow. Noah's covenant's in effect. There is Israel. That means that God's covenant with Abraham is still in effect. And those Ten Commandments are still hanging there, and they're, they're pretty good. There Although, you go. Well, judges tried to take them down as much as they can. Yeah, they won't get to this time. I got to give uh, Pastor Scott some props here because he says something I hadn't really thought about before. He's been teaching on relationship and relationship with regard to the Ten Commandments. And to make sure that, you know, a lot of people will have a problem with the Bible because they'll say it was written by man. Yep. And God moved upon people and inspired them to write it down. But the one thing he made sure that was not going to be misunderstood was the Ten Commandments. God himself is the one that wrote the Ten Commandments. He is the one that put them on the stone tablets just to make sure that we couldn't mess it up, even though we're trying. Uh, and I just thought that was a great point no. that you've been making over the last I heard years. my pastor say something this last Sunday that I never even thought about. Mm. First four commandments are directed towards God. That's right. The last six commandments deal with our relationship one with the other. So 60% mm-hmm. of the Ten Commandments are about our relationship. How we should treat each other. That's right. Yeah, that's right. I thought vertical, that was interesting. They're vertical and horizontal. That's the other thing he said. Well, it wasn't even the pastor. It was uh, his wife. She's the one who brought the oh, uh, yeah. the message for Father's Day. Oh, right. Yeah. And uh, she said the first four are vertical 
the last six are horizontal. That's right. That's right. And like Steve said, they're the only thing in the Bible that God wrote with his own hand. Yes, Every, everything that's else true. he inspired people. This is the only thing. And it was the first thing mm. ever written for Scripture. Now, people say, well, it happens in the book of Exodus, but Genesis 1 is before that. Yeah, but Genesis 1 wasn't written yet. So the first thing of, of all Scripture was the Ten Commandments, and therefore it forms the basis and the foundation for everything else to be written on top of that. So it was the first thing ever written, and it was the only thing written by God personally with his own hand. And that, therefore it makes it unique. Maybe not more inspired, but certainly makes it more unique than all the rest of the Scripture together. No wonder the enemy attacks it so much. Not, not trying to take away anything from that, but I, what do you think about God's penmanship? What, what do you think his <laughs> penmanship was like? You know, writing with, you know, if it was uh, done like in the Ten Commandments it, or whatever. Well, I'm, I'm sure it was perfect. perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And in Hebrew. Uh, yeah, it was in Hebrew. I'm sure of that. I'm sure of that. I just thought, yeah, it would have been interesting. Did, did he have like a doctor's handwriting? No, I, I don't <laughs> think so. I think it was very, very, very clear. Yeah. So that it could not be misunderstood. Yeah. And then what did Moses do? He went and broke it. He went and broke it. Doggone it. You've got to you've you've got to have help to misunderstand the Bible. You really do. You have to have someone help you misunderstand it. If you just read it for what it says, it makes very Even when you go back towards the, I think it's in like Deuteronomy four or somewhere around there where um he said that uh, nobody has to go to heaven to bring this down understanding to you. Nobody needs to go below the earth and bring it back up to you. It is really simple and to use a Dr. Mosleyism there are certain things about the moral and ethical commandments you don't you don't have to teach. And he would say this: even a monkey knows not the monkey with another monkey's monkey. I don't have to teach you to not commit adultery. It's very simple, and it's it really is. So it's the things that make it hard is when we want to doctrinalize, when we have to put down all these bylaws and say that we all have to believe this. Or as you said, we talk about things about end times when people try and apply meanings that you can't really prove. But if you just look on the surface, it's real simple. Don't lie. Don't steal. Don't cheat. Keep the Sabbath. Keep the feast. It's simple. It's really simple. It really is. Well, when it comes to the end times, you have to look at how many books a person's written about the end times. Mm -hmm. That He says, read my book and you'll understand this. (laughs) Right. 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 you'll, You'll be able to get it. We got about fifteen seconds. You had a no. Real I was quick point. I was just going to say that uh, I heard recently a gentleman uh, on um, was, he was speaking on television, and he and he said, uh, "Keep that thought." All right, <laughs> I took too long. He said, what? "Just keep that thought." Dun, dun, dun. News is next. All right, back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, Twenty-five minutes until six, and uh, Jason joins us from Little Rock. Got a question, and then we'll let you finish up your story. Uh, Scott, Jason, how are you? And your question, please. I'm doing all right. Just in this traffic. No, yeah, uh, understand that, man. Don't lose your faith, okay? <laughs> I get questions sometimes. <laughs> hey, uh, listening to the guys talk about the the Old Testament and the laws and all that, and, and I'm one of those that that realizes that Jesus didn't come to do away with the law. But how? What is your take on how we apply that as New Testament believers? Not trying to do it from a, a legal sense, but doing it from a you know, there's just some common sense reasons and some of the things that he set up in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. You know, how to obviously with the Holy Spirit, but sure. how do we apply those also to our lives? Such as you know, the some of his uh, conversations about our rules about you know eating. 
you know, some of those, there's good reason to follow those even today for people. Mm-hmm. So how do we, how do we how do we apply those as a New Testament believer, just from uh, again not from a legal standpoint, but just from a trying to follow God's common sense, I guess is the way I'd say it. And I'll hang up and listen. All to right, you. you asked a great question. You really do. You asked a great question because a lot of the legal laws that you read about in the Old Testament have no relevance to you at all. Uh, it's a good question, Jason. Um, there is a, uh, I think, first of all, that most of our listeners need to realize there's a difference between things that are legal and legalism. You can, um, you know, I heard somebody once say this. They said, America is the freest country in the world. We had, at my last count, we had over 2 million laws in the books, yet we declare ourselves to be the freest country in the world. However, when we say there's 613 laws in the Bible, people say, Boy, that's bondage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How can you live in a nation with two million laws and declare yourself to be the freest people in the world, yet you can't declare yourself to be free with 613 laws? The vast majority of those don't apply to Gentiles in the first place. A big portion applies only to the tribes of Judah, the kings. A big portion only applies to the books of the Levitic- Leviticus. Yeah, can I have you? I want you to teach you a little deeper than just making that statement. Mm-hmm. Explain why. A, a Gentile, though, were grafted into the vine. That's right. Which is Judaism. Yep. Mm-hmm. We still don't have full Jewish status, basically. Right. Well, there are is that s- a better way? Is that a proper way of saying it? Hmm. Doesn't make me a, re- a real, quote, Jew. Mm-hmm. There are there are certain things that, uh, and it depends on who you look at, but there are certain, if you take the law as a whole, um, there's a, a huge portion that only applies to the tribes of Judah. Um, and if you're not a part of the tribe of Judah, then you didn't keep those laws. It, in respect to the kings. There's a massive portion that only applied to the priest. Uh, so if you take 613 and you eliminate all the, the laws that apply to the kings, you go from you know 613 to down to probably about 540-something. And you take all the laws away that applied only to the to the Levites and you drop it down from 540 down to about um, probably about 450. Then you take out the portion that applies only to the Kohen, who is the high priest, and you drop it down. You keep on dropping this thing down, and you can look at it and say as as someone who's being grafted in, not only do I not have to keep all of them, but the Jewish people or the Israelites in large didn't have to keep all of them. Then there's a certain section of laws that only apply to people living in the city of Jerusalem. So if you lived in Nazareth, you didn't have to keep those. Then there's another section that applied only to people who lived in a walled city. Well, if your city was out in the country and not in a walled city, then you didn't, you didn't follow those laws. There's certain laws that applied to if you were fishermen or if you were, I mean, you did different things with your, your livestock. So at the end of the day, there was a, a portion that applied to everybody. And the Gentiles who were grafted in found themselves in that group. Like 10. Well, <laughs> maybe a few that, more. That forms the basis. Dr. Moses, I think Dr. Moses said there's about 170, yeah. 140. I've got a book at my, in my library called The 174 Mitzvot, The 174 Commandments. 174. Uh, and so, there, so there's a, a portion that, that God expected everybody to keep. But I don't have to keep the laws that apply to certain groupings or certain places because – Jesus didn't keep the laws that applied to the Levites. That's right. I mean, so so um, it's a misunderstanding that you have to keep all of it or you're guilty of everything, and, and that never was the case. And that by observing those things that we can do, that somehow that is legalism. Because one could make the case um, that if you go to church every Sunday at 10 o'clock, you are being very legalistic and very ritualistic. Even if you're a charismatic type church where you may not have a structured liturgy like a Presbyterian or a Methodist type church. Uh, but it, regardless, if you go at the same time, you're being very structured or being very legal, if you will. 
And part of that comes because we have this belief that the Jews were saved by the law and by the keeping of the law and that we are saved by faith. And that's not true. You can just look at how they got redemption on the Day of Atonement. It was done by the sacrifice. That's the only way they got redemption. And they kept these all as they're identified who and what God they were following. But you have to go back, and the other misunderstanding is that it was an outward showing. When God said over and over throughout the entire Old Testament, rend your heart and not your garment. Follow me with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength. This has always been about the heart. And so if we go, why did God give us a Sabbath? He gave us a Sabbath so that we could rest both spiritually and physically, and so we could worship him, and it would refresh our souls and refresh our physical bodies. He gave us the cycle of the feast um, so that we could worship him, and we would have this rhythm of life. And, but it's not so that he could put us in a bondage because every single one of the feasts except for the Day of Atonement was about celebrating something that God has it done. It was like a party. It was, yeah, it every was. single time. And so what happened, and the reason we have this mentality that by keeping those things became legalistic is because they made them legalistic and they had to do everything in this certain order. And that's not what God originally intended. So it's very it's very simple. I am nowhere even remotely close to being in bondage, but yet I observed the Sabbath, I observed the feast, the Passover, the Pentecost, tabernacles, all of the biblical feast in the context of the Messiah. And it's rejoicing and celebrating in the wonder and the rhythm that God has given us and none of its bondage. And if we say, how do we do it as a New Testament church, just like the apostles did, they kept all of these as well. Is it uh, uh, what you're saying, and, and just a question that I have, is that the main reason that people want to make the excuse of not getting involved, quote, in religion, is because the law that does apply to us goes against our human nature? Well, it most certainly would go against our human nature because it's a it's God's nature, and so God's Correct. nature is going to go firmly so against the nature. So that's where that's where the pushback comes. Right. So they're looking. I mean, for in a, the Garden of Eden, before Adam and Eve did what they did, mm-hmm. there wasn't that pushback. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus when he came along, he the Bible says he is the mediator of a better covenant based on better promises, and this is of course the new covenant. And what did he do? He said, if you look at a woman to lust after her then you just committed adultery in your heart. If anything, he intensifies right. the requirement of the law. At least with Moses, you had to do it. Mm-hmm. Now you just think it and you're guilty of it. So how in the world do we function in a society like that? It's only going to be by the Spirit. Yeah. And and what does the law do? It shows us where we fall short, it does. It? Mm-hmm. it does. So what is Christ doing when he takes it to that point of that law is that He's showing you can't meet the law. Mm. It oh. never was about meeting the law because you could never meet the law. It was it was a schoolmaster to show us our need for Messiah. But at the same time, he empowered us by his spirit to be able to keep it. That's why Romans chapter 2 says, When the Gentiles which have not the law do by, and get this, do by nature the things contained in the law, they that are without the law become a law unto themselves, showing the law of God written upon their mm-hmm. hearts. So what God did through Messiah is when we entered into, into this thing called the New Covenant, he wrote his law on our heart, no longer tables of stone, but now in our heart. And then by the power of the Spirit, we are able to live in a way that our predecessors weren't necessarily able to live. Well, Paul used that same argument in much larger sense when he said, 
you know, just look around you. Mm. It's written there that there is a God. Yeah, mm. even creation itself testifies to the fact that there is a God. I mean, yeah. if you're a person who think it all happened by chance, just know that God thinks you're stupid. <laughs> so I was going to say God loves stupid people too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, seriously. How can you look around at what we is around us and say, well, pff, just happened? Mm-hmm. Right. It's ridiculous. But like like uh, Jason was asking, Jason, it, whenever we do this, I know that for Steve and I, I speak for ourselves here, that that I hope I can speak for him, but you, if we do these from the inside out and not the outside in, then you're able to fully carry out and do the requirements of the law in a joyful way. You, you begin to identify with David who says, I delight yes. in the law of God. Mm-hmm. And the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 7, he says, I delight in the law of God after the inward man. Yeah. Well, how do you do that? It's got to be a spirit thing. You know, yeah. there, there's also another mentality out there that if you decide, that, even if you decide to be more, um, uh, what's the word? When you when you have uh, liturgical, maybe even when I have, maybe you like more order. Um, and somehow there's this mentality out there that if people who like some order, uh, who like to wear suits to church and so on and so forth, that they're somehow or legal- have a problem with it, have problems if you got a tattoo, or right. they're they're legalistic and not spiritual. Mm-hmm. But yet somehow, if you you know are a little more nonchalant with the things of God, somehow you're a little bit more spiritual and less legalistic. Mm-hmm. And, and and we need to kind of fix that mentality that somehow someone who says I want to observe and do the things that God told us to do, whether being legalistic or guys who just go I just do whatever I want, that somehow they're more spiritually connected to God, which actually is the opposite. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're more spiritual, you're more obedient. So let me go back to something that you said because it talked about you were talking about the sacrifice. Okay, and uh, you know there there wasn't a saving knowledge at that time. Explain, if you would, in forty words or less. <laughs> yeah, it's right. hard for you uh, mm. about the whole sacrificial process. Did it truly remove sin, or did it? Uh, you know, what did it exactly do? Well, we we now know what they were looking for, because we can say they were looking for that sacrifice that was going to come. They knew some sort of redemption was going to come because they could go all the way go back to Genesis 3.15. They knew a redeemer was going to come. But because sin caused the the, the blood, caused somebody had to lose blood over sin, mm-hmm. and God put a a, um, a temporary order uh, which was the sacrificing of animals to atone for when a man uh, sinned. And that that's what that was about. But it was a picture of what was ultimately going to come, and that's what the book of Hebrews lays out for us all through, basically all through Hebrew, but mainly 4 through 10. Uh, and, and so what God established for individual sins were those individual sacrifices. As a nation as a whole, he set up for the Day of Atonement. So it wasn't because they perfectly kept the Sabbath or the feast or every other aspect of the law that they were saved, but they were saved just like we are saved, by the mercy and the grace of God through the shedding of blood. That was the only way they got atonement for their sins. It's the only way we get atonement for our sins. They were looking 2,000 years forward to the coming of the Messiah. We were looking 2,000 years back to the coming of the Messiah. Either way, it was through the through the Messiah. All right. Before we go to break, let me take us all the way back to as we went to break oh. that uh, Pastor Scott Stewart was mentioning a story, and when he got to the punchline, I stopped him. Is he going to do it again? Right, here <laughs> no. We, here we I'm go. Let he, you go. It was it was someone who was uh, recently on television, and he said, 
he said, I am so happy that Jesus came and delivered me from the Ten Commandments. And then he said, ooh, I'm messing with your tradition now. And I thought, that's not tradition. That's the word of God. Yeah, and so no what kidding. He, he delivered dangerous. Me, he delivered me from being unfaithful to my wife. He delivered me from obeying my parents. He delivered me from only having one God. He delivered me from murdering, from stealing, from lying. I mean, is that what he came and delivered me from? Then what did he deliver me? What did he deliver me to? He delivered me from that. I mean, that it that would makes be he delivered you to anarchy. I mean, it makes mm-hmm. absolutely no sense whatsoever. As a matter of fact, the Bible says this. It says, "In the end of times," it says, gives a list of things that will happen in the end times. And one of the things it says, it says, "The love of many will grow cold." Mm-hmm. But the first part of that verse says, "Because of lawlessness, That's right. the love of many will grow cold." What turns people's love off towards God is when they begin to become lawless, freed from. God's law. It's not talking. It says lawless. It's not talking about the speed law. Right. It's talking right. about the law of God. But when lawlessness abounds, the love of many will grow cold. The love of believers, people who be- think they believe, love will begin to diminish when they begin to move further and further away from the law of God. It is the cure. Wow. I'll take a break so you can think about that for a moment. <laughs> that's really good. Yeah, that's e- that's excellent. Hey, you know, there's lots of big changes coming to Horton's Orthotics and Prosthetics uh, here in Little Rock. Uh, You know that they began their business back in the 80s right off of 12th Street in Little Rock. You know this because I've been talking about Horton's Orthotics and Prosthetics for well over a decade. They've grown their small family practice into six locations uh, of the family business, providing Arkansans with all of their orthotic and prosthetic needs. Now the Little Rock location is getting a much-needed demo in addition Uh, It's going to be a state-of-the-art facility with the latest technology in prosthetics and orthotics. Uh, They're going to have a brand-new waiting room, a new gate room. They're going to have a new mastectomy area just for mastectomy uh, patients with privacy and comfort while you're fitted. Uh, It's all because Horton's prides itself on their patient relationships and keeping the patient happy is their priority. Remember, six locations with the new updated facility in Little Rock, then there's North Little Rock, Bryant, Conway, Fort Smith, and Searcy. That's Horton's Orthotics and Prosthetics, providing a lifetime of support. When you tune in tomorrow to the Dave Ellswick Show, we'll be broadcasting live for the, from there, and we'll talk a little bit about their business. We'll talk about what they're going to do, and Duck and Joe are going to be around as well. Just a lot of great things happening tomorrow here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back, and we've got Jackie in Little Italy. Jackie, you're a final question today. What can we do for you? I would just like uh, the recommendation for the best study Bible. Oh, well, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, if you could, well, if you're watching on the internet, you can see Steve's face right now. That's a look of consternation on his face as he tries to tell you what the best one is. Keep listening in, and uh, he'll offer his suggestions. All right, okay. thank you. I don't have one. <laughs> I don't have an. Ex- I don't use them. Uh, yeah, I think if you're. It's very tough. That's a very, very hard question. What I would suggest that you do, the best thing I think that I could suggest to you, obviously if you're not going to original language and stuff like that, I think what I would suggest that you would do is get, and this is like a good kind of entry-level thing, get David Stern's uh, Complete Jewish Bible Mm -hmm. and get the accompanying um, the uh, Jewish uh, New Testament commentary uh, because in the, it's kind of a, it's only a companion to the New Testament, but it's really uh, I think it's it's a good one. I have one in my library. Uh, he has a lot of really really good footnotes. Doesn't cover everything, 
Um, David Stern was born and raised in California, so he misses some first century idioms and things like that. But I think that would be a good place. I would feel more comfortable suggesting to you that you get the, the Jewish New Testament commentary along with the complete Jewish Bible to kind of be a companion piece. They're thick, so it's not like something you're going to tote around with you also know, easily recommend going to the american institute.org and taking the, taking yeah, the courses good plug taking the bible survey class for sure yeah and that's very easy to do i've that. been teaching yeah. you how to cross promote that's pretty good <laughs> that was a good job dude. i missed that class it's <laughs> <laughs> a good one all right so it's the jewish new testament commentary and commentary yeah. okay yeah. and are the jewish yeah i think it's the i think that's the right title uh but if you look up david stern uh that's the uh the author and then there's the complete Jewish Bible. That's um, it's kind of its its companion uh, that goes along with it. But there's nothing. I really study Bible. I've, I mean, I've never used one. I've only used the same Bible for 21 years. So let me. Yeah. yeah, I know you have. I mean, but here's the key. Again, it's you got to reteach yourself how to read the Bible. You can't you read it from a Western perspective. You've got to read it mm-hmm. from a Middle Eastern. And plus, perspective. you don't know the the Correct. Bible. The study Bible sometimes. What they didn't do was put it back in its original context, original language, and basically all you did was get their interpretation in the study Bible. Mm-hmm. So that's why I recommend going back to learning how to study in the original language or the original sources or putting the history with it. And, I, 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 you know, it wasn't just tongue-in-cheek about the school. There's a reason that this school is different and why we're pushing it is because we, we don't put theology around it. We put the history and the language and the culture around it to help us understand the Bible. Okay, so bottom line uh, – if you take some of the courses, will you learn Hebrew? Not yet. It, later yeah. on. Yeah. Okay. I mean, are you going to have, like, flashcards? <laughs> no, no. There, we will offer. <laughs> because when you look at Hebrew, I'm going to be honest with you. I remember first time I opened up my textbook in seminary, I thought, you've got to be kidding me. It's really not as hard as it looks. Well, I'll just tell you. And we're, we're in the process of, of figuring out when we're going to start offering live Hebrew classes as well. Because so. those will be live. Although, of course, this, the college is online. That course will be uh, filmed live so people can come and attend those classes. Guys, we're out of time. Right. So we went fast today again. Always. Yep. Do it again next Tuesday, 5 yes, o'clock. Bible guys Thanks, at Dave. that time. Don't forget about them. I'll, t- I'll talk to you tomorrow from uh, Horton's Orthotics and prosthetics, and uh, they promised us ribs, so I'll be there. See you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 